Welcome back to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two long-distance gal pals read romance novels and then recap and review them for you while generally getting up to shenanigans. This week's Patreon shout-out goes out to Lauren C. Lauren, you are a griffin of great power and emotional understanding, combining the body of the queen of all earthly creatures and the head of the queen of all aerial creatures, you possess unparalleled courage of heart and vast intelligence. Bold and compassionate, those wings of yours will take you to heights surpassing even your wildest dreams. All right, with that, let's get into Split by J.B. Salisbury. Strap and settle in, y'all. It's a long one. <laughs> Do you think we have it together now? I don't know. HBs, if you can hear us, it's a fucking miracle because we do not have our shit together today. <laughs> we recorded about uh, 30 three seconds. to four minutes just now. 30 seconds. Really? Aaron. Yes, you always think it's a lifetime when it's like a <laughs> micro dot on. <laughs> well, speaking of it's micro dots, I didn't have my microphone and yeah. I was just like, Blah, 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 blah. So she's talking, and I'm like, hey, something seems to be missing. Where's your microphone? I can't see it. Did you move it? (laughs) I love how often we make fun of dummies on this thing, and we're like the biggest dummies there are. Oh, boy. Oh, that's why we can call the dummies out. It takes one to know one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We know what a dummy looks like. That's right. Speaking of dummies. Ooh, tell me all about it. So before when I didn't have my microphone, I got as far (laughs) as as telling you that I had the most embarrassing moment of my professional life last weekend. Yeah. Here goes. Uh Uh-oh. I recently got a new boss. That's thing number one. Okay. Second, as you know, I had to work all last weekend. Maybe you don't know that. I don't remember what do weekend it was. Okay, so I was feeling a little bad about the dogs not having a lot of human interaction because David was also working most, like, a lot of hours. Okay. And he worked the weekend as well. And so I was like, oh, well, what I'll do is I'll take the dogs to work on a Saturday. I, there's a way I can close the doors so that they're just kind of in my little area. Uh-huh. And my dogs are barky dogs. They're not good well-behaved like if people were there (laughs) i wouldn't be able to bring them in but since there's no one there since it's a saturday i was like that's fine and then maybe we'll go to the dog park or go do a dog thing afterwards so they're hanging out in the hallway running back and forth doing dog stuff and my boss comes in on a saturday and he's carrying like all the stuff he needs to hang up in his office like all his degrees and shit like because he's moving into the office oh and i didn't ask permission to have dogs in the office i have no idea if this is cool with him like my last boss wouldn't have cared but i don't know like sure if he's cool with this or not so they go fucking nuts they're Ape like shit and he's like trying to get in the door and he's trying to figure out what's going on and of course then he lets them out because I had them walled off in the hallway. So oh, they get out and I have to run after them and bring them back. And of course, they're still like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. And like trying to like keep them in my office. But then of course, then the, the strange man is outside the office. So oh, they're yeah. just like up against the door. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, I go into his office. and I'm like, sir, I, you know, they're not what I didn't. Yeah. I, there weren't going to be people yeah, here. Of course. And here's the issue. And I'm like, you know, they're not going to shut up until they can sniff you. So do you mind if they just come <laughs> into your office and sniff you? And then I will just 
wrangle them back into my office. I'll get these discovery requests out and we're good. And he's like, okay, fine. So I bring these dogs into his office. And of course, they jump up on him. Immediately, they're like, like, they don't calm down for like a while. And they're like up on him and slowly they're calming down and I'm apologizing. And then I look down and goat has shit all over his carpet. No. Carpet. And so I'm like, oh my God, sir, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, and I'm like running into the, like down the hall into the bathroom to get like work paper towels. And I'm running into my office to get like cleaner. But of course, what do you have at the office to clean with? Like Lysol nothing. and Pledge, like nothing that cleans yeah. carpet. And so I'm like running back and forth trying to find stuff. And like, I'm trying to get it up with like the bathroom paper oh, towels, you know, man. and I work for the government. So it's not like these are high end paper towels. No. Like we're, it's one ply that I'm trying to get this up with. <laughs> Oh, and it was just such a like stinking hot, like big mound it was of shit. A it wasn't like poop. Uh, I know, yeah. It wasn't like a like a beep. It wasn't like it a wasn't like, like a polite little log. No, it was like <laughs> so. <laughs> and I had pulled the dogs into my office, so this whole time where I'm apologizing and running around, they're freaking the freaking fuck out because they don't out. know why they've just been tossed into my office. Where you know, and then he oh turns to me and says. Captain McCarthy? And I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, um, you stepped in the dog shit and you're tracking it everywhere. So then I realized that I've tracked this shit all in his office, all in my office, all in my paralegal's office, down the hall, like the shared hallway for the large army building that we're in, into the bathroom. Like, I nearly started crying on the spot. And there's nothing I can do about it in this moment. There's no way to clean it. Oh, my God. I, I, like... I got as much up as I could with the paper towels. And then he's got to be in his office and do whatever he had to do that day. And it reeks of dog shit. And I don't, I want to do like a long drawn out apology to him, but I can't because these dogs are like, so like the kindest thing I can do in this moment is just leave. Get the fuck out of there. And so I like scrubbed as much as I could on his carpet. And I was like, sir, I'll be back uh, later today or tomorrow. And I will, you know, shampoo this thing because I've got to come back anyway, because damn it, if those discovery requests didn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just like, well, we're leaving for obvious reasons. And um, (laughs) oh, God, it's horrible. And so I brought my carpet cleaner and I can still see the stain on the carpet. I sent some pictures to my colleague at another office and she Uh was like, I can't see the stain, but like I can. You're going to see it forever. That thing is going to telltale heart you for the rest of your life. The thing is, there's plenty of stains on the carpet from where people have spilled (laughs) coffee over the years. Like it's not super like pristine carpet, but like as long as that stain is there, the memory of this will never go away. Oh For me or God. my boss, I know it. So I've got to get it out somehow, and I don't know how. Oh, no. Anyway. <gasps> HBs, if you oh. have any suggestions on how to get this stain out of the carpet, that would be amazing. So he was gone out of the office this week, and yeah. I'm gone out of the office next week. So I'm hoping by the time I come back, it's just going to be like, everybody forgot about oh, it. Oh, yeah. This is the best time to leave the office. Get out of sight, out of mind for oh a while. God. Woof. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Oh, can I tell a joke? Yes, always. David's been telling me jokes all day, and this is the one that's the best one. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Two whales walk into a bar, oh. and one says, Hello. <laughs> 
then the other one says, Frank, you're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Also, in our last Patreon episode, and maybe even our last episode, I said several times, I don't remember who this was, but this person (gasps) said this or that. It was Haley. And the thing, here's the thing, guys. I have an extreme problem with H names and K Mm. names. Haley and Hannah and Heather and Holly are all the they same person in my brain. One thing. I could see your profile picture. I could see you. But I was like, I think it's Haley. And then I'm like, no, Aaron, don't do this. You always do this. Her name's going to be Holly. And you do this every time. Yeah. Same if your name is Casey or Kelsey or Carly or Kylie or any of those. They're all the same name to me. And it's, it's a problem I have mentally. So Haley, sorry. I forgot your name and for frankly, a minute. And frankly, I was going to say her name too, but I don't have a problem with H names. I just have a problem with extreme self-doubt. So... <laughs> so i was just like melody you shouldn't you should not try like we got leanne because leanne is the only one who loves bears like leanne and bears tied together in my memory everybody likes podcasts so that could really be (laughs) not to mention anybody that leanne's also the one who was like hold on your husband does geek 101 podcast i've been listening to them oh is that her yes She's the one who's also a fan of Geek 101. It didn't stick in my brain, so okay. All right, so let's let's, (laughs) let's talk about this book. Oh my God, you guys, this book. I have some disclaimers. I'm going to have to say my disclaimers along the way, I think. (laughs) That's fine. But I have a few that are, are serious. So first of all, can I just say that I actually love, I have always been fascinated by cases of multiple personality disorder. I fucking love those stories. I love Sybil. I love the United States of Terra. I love all that shit, right? Wait, we didn't even say the name of the book, which is Split by J.B. Salisbury. That's the one. All right. Okay. That's the yes. one we're doing today. Thank you, Aaron. Hero has split personality yes, he does. disorder. Yeah, or um, disassociative In- personality yeah. disorder is, mm-hmm. I think, the more accepted term. I think, actually, that the, com- the complete disorder is not super accepted but i could be wrong about that it's a very controversial diagnosis quite but it is in the dsm-5 is it yeah but it's a controversial one i don't know why i thought it was taken out doesn't matter i'm gonna confirm that that's true cool carry on my next disclaimer is that when i read this book originally i had a pretty serious stomach bug oh no yeah (laughs) so like i was not really in the best headspace to enjoy a sort of darker suspense, like you're dropping me a lot of hints, but not giving me the answers kind of book, which is definitely what this is. And then I also need to do a little disclaimer because I don't do well with even the slightest hint of abuse, especially between the hero and heroine, or between the love interests in general, not necessarily just in a heterosexual book. And this this thing got way darker than I, well, than I think I've ever read in a romance novel, like at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting that either. And then the other thing I need to tell everyone, just quick, quick content warning. I don't usually like doing this, but I'm going to this time. If you have an issue with sort of gray areas in sexual assault, if you have an issue, what? Not, not gray. gray. Yeah, I know. Not gray. I know. There's I know, no right? gray areas here. This is straight up physical abuse, straight up sexual abuse throughout the book. Yeah. 
And then if you are at all triggered or uneasy with pretty graphic descriptions of child abuse, you should probably steer clear. Mm -hmm. I, I have a really hard time with child abuse. And so I I did have a, a pretty hard time with this book. And uh, any other content? I mean, there's there's verbal abuse, there's emotional abuse, there's physical abuse. Yeah, there is sexual really, assault. There's yeah, like there's a lot of... <laughs> and yeah, yet, that, I was pretty so much everything under the sun throughout the whole thing. Because I still I still got I do not duped. I still got pulled into ugh! it was such a, this was one of actually this was one of those romance novels where I did a lot of like going outside of my brain and looking at my mm-hmm. own reactions and like trying mm-hmm. to parse them. All right. Okay. So that, those are my disclaimers before we start on this thing. All right. Here All right. we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Oh, and also, I will say the the listener who wrecked this book, she said that one of the reasons she wanted us to do it was because she found it really fascinating. And I completely understand that because let's be clear. I had two weeks to read this book. I did not have to finish it mid stomach bug. And while I didn't really super enjoy the reading experience while it was happening, I also couldn't stop. Really? Yeah. I had to to figure everything out. So it is very suspenseful in that way. I think that I would have stopped had it been up to my own. um, Yeah. But it wasn't because of the things that we gave the trigger warning for. Mm. I think, well, I mean, my ability to breed that stuff is pretty, my tolerance level is pretty high. Sky high. high. All the way high. (laughs) It sort of Especially in fiction, because I know it's not real. But it was, I don't know, there were a lot of things in this thing that I was like, nah, I don't know. I don't really care what happens to these people. (laughs) Okay, so I I do have a couple of notes about that, too. Okay, so should we start? Okay, yeah. So this thing starts in some kind of like a flashback memory, sort of 10 years ago. We've got our hero remembering something from 10 years ago, and he's like waking up, and he's cold, and he's got blood all over him and people are being like the emts are there and they're like everybody's dead oh everybody's this kid's alive kid did you do this oh my gosh yeah they're like did you do this to him and and then that then it that's the end of the flashback okay present day the hero's name is lucas and now we go into chapter one cheyenne is our cheyenne cheyenne s-h-y-a-n-n I had to look up how to pronounce it, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize the first video I watched was how to pronounce it in Spanish. And so for a good two <laughs> chapters, I was saying, Xian, Xian. <laughs> <laughs> and then I figured my life out. So Cheyenne is a really, frankly, insufferable reporter. She's a new reporter. She's eager to make her medal. And she is about to cover the most recent attack by the shadow. The shadow. The shadow is this psychopathic asshole who keeps on beating up women's. And this is the latest woman he has beat up. And she is going to be the first reporter on the scene. And she's stoked about it because... She has learned that the only way to be a good reporter is to be A, super emotionless, and B, to basically just be a shark. So she smells blood in the water. 
And she's got, she always, for the first like seven chapters, she cannot stop referencing all of her fake brand name things. Right. Which makes her even more insufferable to me because I don't understand. I felt like that was cute at the beginning (laughs) and then it stopped being cute. All right. Maybe it was the stomach bug. So. So. She is out there, outside. See, this, I, hmm. This is bing, bong, bong, do your fucking job with Aaron. Uh, last time we had this segment was, <laughs> um, let's see, probably, what was the one where they were in the house and it was Christmas? Christmas on Chris- Crimson Mountain. Yeah. She's as good of a reporter as that lady was at, I don't know, house cleaning, being a mother, whatever that woman was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being where a- she like nearly killed the children because she didn't feed them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was supposed to be endearing, just like this is supposed to be endearing. She wants to be right outside the house reporting as the victim is wheeled out on a stretcher. And then when she realizes the victim of this serial killer is dead and yeah. there's a child there, then all of a sudden she gets real squeamish about it, which I think is bullshit because I don't understand what the difference is betre- between exploiting somebody who's gravely injured by a serial killer and exploiting somebody who's covered with a sheet. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Oh, oh, I get it. It's not that difference. It's not the fact that she was dead. It was the daughter's the reaction child. to her mom. But when she figured out that, that the person was dead, the whole mood changed. Like, the death is what changed the mood. Then she, it, like, the child pushed her over the edge, I think. Because she yeah, says... Yeah, totally. Well, spoiler alert, everybody. She's got a dead mom. Mm-hmm. Dead mom alert. When she realizes that the child is there, they want her to start, you know, reporting and doing her job. Um, and she's like, no, get the child out of the frame. And the cameraman's like, no, we're, we're reporting. It. This is what we're here to do. And then she, I right. think, punches the camera. Yeah, she pushes his camera into his face to the point that it breaks an orbital bone mm-hmm. and probably knocks him out. Oh, and in this scene, we also meet Trevor, her producer slash boyfriendish person. Right. He's the worst of the worst. The moment that the lady comes out of the house, she hears in her earpiece, Trevor go, ooh, body bag, because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he's so excited the story has escalated in a way that's good for the news. Also, we learn here that she is half Navajo. Yeah. You know, I used to live in Flagstaff for a bit. Mm-hmm. She makes a couple comments here about how her being half Navajo makes her just dark enough to be considered a minority um, and like helps her get a job and stuff. It makes her look exotic, I think she says. Yeah, that did yeah. not ring true for me <laughs> having lived <laughs> in that part of the country. I know that the author of this is from Phoenix, but... If anything, I found that there was uh, an extreme amount of racism against American Indians in Flagstaff. And I, uh, yeah, I actually, I was just telling somebody about this the other day. I moved into a house. I was subletting a house with two women, one of which was amazing. The other one was a hairdresser who straight up told me that she refused to do Native American hair because they were gross and it was greasy. <gasps> oh. Like that's the level of racism I noticed in Flagstaff from people you know like not everybody wow. of course no, no, no totally but totally. when i read that sentence where i was in there she's like oh i'm exotic and native american so they hired me for this job i was like bullshit that's not a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that did not ring true for me fair enough so she gets fired yes of course because she assaulted a colleague that's correct yeah so she gets super fired and the rest of the 
chapter is her basically packing up her life in Phoenix or Flagstaff or wherever she is because mm-hmm. she's out of money. She's out of a job. She's basically been blackballed from the broadcasting community because let's review. She assaulted a coworker. Right. And she's going to go back up to her, in her words, hick town of Payson, Arizona to mm-hmm. get back on her feet and try to figure out her next steps. Yes. So there's this really awkward scene with Trevor because like he helped her cover a little bit of the last bills and he wants her to find a new broadcasting job. But it's also pretty clear that he doesn't give a shit about her in any tangible or emotional way. Yeah. And then he can't stop telling hick jokes to her because she's going back to her hometown. Yeah. Very odd. So then she drives home and she's going to stay with her dad in Payson. So then everything shifts and we're we meet present day Lucas. Lucas, he works for her dad, whose name is Nash, works for his construction company. Yes. And he's also a part time woodcarver. Fancy everybody fancies him a bit of an artist. Yes. And uh, Nash sends his son Cody and Lucas to go do this salvaging thing. Because mm-hmm. there's a foreclosed house, blah, blah, blah. They're going to get some wood. And then Cody, tell while they're on the job, this house, apparently there's like a ghost story from like the, I don't know, 1800s or something uh-huh. about from like the, forever the kids ago. murdered the parents because the parents were abusive. And they, all of a sudden... Just the, the dad. Sure. Um, yeah. And so all of a sudden Lucas is like, oh, and you told me this story... Um, like my, my vision started to go my black. I'm starting to have blurs. a blackout. Okay. <laughs> so this is a whole thing with Lucas. Every time we're in Lucas's brain, somebody looks at him weird and he's like, no, the blackouts, the, the blackouts darkness. are about to happen. Oh, no. And the I, darkness uh, is that's descending. why about, mm, I'd say a hundred, 150 pages into this thing. I was like, you know what? I'm no longer intrigued by your blackouts. I just <laughs> find them annoying at this point. Either have a fucking blackout or don't, but stop sure. bitching about it. That's how I that's how I felt by about like it was just too long. Like every time somebody basically breathes around Lucas, he's like, Oh no, not a blackout again. I, I feel threatened, or there's a woman I near know. a blackout is gonna happen. And it was just I, after a while I was just like, Let's let's just go ahead and do a blackout so you can get it over with and that you know I'm really glad that you felt the same way because I was questioning whether I was just irritated with the world because I had <laughs> the worst stomach bug no. or if it was honestly annoying. Well, the thing that bothered me was there weren't like breadcrumbs. It was just like there is a mystery. It wasn't yeah. like there is a mystery and here's a clue and here's another clue and here's yeah. a third clue. It was just like mystery and it's yeah. like well just don't keep poking me with it. Like yeah, let's yeah, yeah. get this going, you know. Right. So okay. we go back to, this is a point of view book. So we're half in Lucas's point of view. We're half in Cheyenne's point of view. Yeah. So we okay, go back so, to Cheyenne. Yeah, fucking Cheyenne. Ah, oh, here's the other thing. I found her so unlikable for the first third of the book. And I'll be honest with you. I think it's because I saw a lot of my very self-righteous 19-year-old self in her 18-year-old self. I mm-hmm. got better at 19. You know, it helps when tragedy strikes. Sure. But, like, I was so annoyed with her because it seemed mm-hmm. like every single time we turned around, she was like, I mean, okay, so she shows up at this house, at the her dad's um, construction office, and she's like, 
hey, I'm back. And he's like, oh, that's funny because you left five years ago and we haven't heard a single peep from you, like no matter what. And she relives the last conversation and the last fight she had with her dad where he told her that um, she didn't belong in the outside world and that she was nothing like her mother. And her mother Mm -hmm. had recently died. So obviously, like, I get that that's a bit of a that would become a thorn in your side, you know. Mm -hmm. But then she comes home and she's like, hey, I'm super broke. I can't pay rent. I can't contribute anything. But I would like to get back on my feet at your house. And he's like, "Okay, well, dinner's at seven. And she's like, what? That's it? Fuck off, dad. Like, what? He's like. Do you want a job at our company that I own and you can, I will pay you until you get back in your feet? Like, he's super charitable to her when she, like, her mom died and she fucking bolted out of there like an asshole daughter, in my opinion. Um, And, like, I I don't think she even kept in contact with him. Because I realized, you got to go to college. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But, like, keep in contact with your dad who just lost his wife. Like, that's horrible of you. Not only that, but can we talk about the amount he offers to pay her in rural fucking Arizona? $20 an hour at a full-time job. Uh That is a 40K per year job. If you don't work overtime and hourly, she would get overtime. (laughs) She can't can't take a handout from her dad. Oh, go fuck yourself. She can take a handout from fucking Trevor, but not her dad. Like, and I was it's just not like, a whatever. handout. You are going to do honest work for this motherfucker. But like, and then she's just like, Ugh, why are you so, what, what's the yeah, Why are you so in my dad? face with the food you're giving me in the room? And so also during this conversation, uh. she's like, well, I'm not going to stay with you. I'm going to stay out <laughs> at the, the house that we built for mom. Yeah, he and her mom were building this dream cabin out in the woods. And it right. obviously didn't get finished because it was like halfway constructed. Right. It was bare bones constructed when her mom died. So, yeah, she's, so like, she's like, oh, I'll just stay out there. And he's like, no, I got one of my guys living there. And she's like, how dare How you fucking dare you as if like what he didn't love her mom or and something as if like she i don't know what been the... gone for five yeah. years with nary a word in there yeah and yeah. yeah so then she's like and she throws an actual shit fit tantrum mm-hmm. slams the door on the way out leaves and this is when cody and lucas pull up because lucas is giving cody a ride home And Cody's like, oh, shit, bro, gotta go. And Lucas sees this woman who has now, like, fallen down because she's left the house in such a huff that she's, like, tripped over something or something. She's Mm -hmm. just cursing openly at her brother, being like, well, are you going to help me, you fucker? Yeah. The first words she said to her brother in five years... Mm -hmm. And and he's like, oh, I this makes me really uncomfortable because any sort of emotional outburst. Yeah, we've got Lucas here fighting a fucking murder rampage blackout. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, like it was just because a lot. he goes between frightened Chihuahua to like actual Rottweiler, right? So, but but he's also very intrigued. So he drives away. Well, so it's this interaction where Cheyenne is like screaming at her brother, where he's like. Wow, what a strong woman. This for some reason this yeah. impression makes him think she's so strong. And I'm like, "Oh man. It does not take a strong woman to curse <laughs> at their no. brother." No. <laughs> if anything, it's very immature. <laughs> right. But, you know, what else? So then he goes back to his cabin. He mm-hmm. meets a dog who has decided to camp out under his porch. Oh God, can we just skip the dog? Throughout the thing there's this there dog, is a dog metaphor. There's a dog 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Nothing actually happens with so, the dog. So, guys, all right. Let's just get the dog out of the way. There's a All dog right. under the fucking porch where Lucas lives. Lucas lives at the dream cabin, half-finished dream cabin in the woods yeah. because Nash gave him a place to stay because he was homeless when he showed up. So Lucas showed up like two months ago, homeless, wanted to work on the construction site. Nash gave him a job. Nash let him stay at the, the dream cabin in the woods. He's the person staying there that Cheyenne is so pissed off about. There's right. a dog under the porch. The dog won't come out. He tries to get it to come out. At some point, Cheyenne tries to get it to come out, and it does. What a metaphor. All right. Can we not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. The dog totally. totally annoyed me. I was just like, nothing's going to happen with this dog. It's just a metaphor that there's no point for. Yeah. We know. We get it. So he goes into the house and he's like making himself a peanut butter sandwich, and we watch mm-hmm. him check the expiration date on the bread and the peanut butter no less than four times. And then yeah. he makes the peanut butter and then he puts it into his mouth and he has a hard time swallowing it, but he's reminding himself that it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And he mm-hmm. gets this flashback of food poisoning. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we go back to Cheyenne. She has decided to go all over Hill and Dale in Payson, Arizona to try to find herself a job that's not with her stupid, charitable, too nice dad because yeah. fuck him, guys. Yeah. Fuck him and fuck helping your family when they ask you to. Right, exactly. (laughs) So she goes to the diner lady, and diner lady is the queen of gossip. She tells her all about a ex-best friend who Mm -hmm. only vaguely matters. Is this when she runs into Lucas again? Well, for the first time. Officially runs in. He sees her. She doesn't see him in the driveway. Uh So she finds out basically that her um, the only important thing is that the best friend is working at a bar and that the best friend is sort of on again, off again with her ex-boyfriend. Their names are Sam. That's the lady best friend. And Dustin, that's the ex-boyfriend. That's right. So then this guy with his ball cap pulled over his head, walks into the diner and Gloria is like, or whatever her name, diner lady. Dorothy. (laughs) Dorothy. Sure. (laughs) Ah. Dorothy's like, Your usual? And he's like, yes, ma'am. And she gives him black coffee. And then he goes to put 65 cents on the table and leave. But then Mm -hmm. things drop or something. And oh, no, Dorothy says, would your mama like it if you weren't eating breakfast? And he said, I don't have a mama. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. A blackout nearly happens. Nearly happens. All right. But then Cheyenne looks over and she's like, oh, I think that we share some pain. Yeah. I think that there is an emotional string between us that could be plucked in a musical way, perhaps. And we can make sweet, sweet music with our genitals because we both have dead moms. (laughs) Okay. Can I ask you, (laughs) you can cut this, but can I ask you a very personal question? Please. I have a good friend who had lost her mom pretty young, college age. Right. And she told me once that when... People come up to her and say, oh, I lost my parent, too, and want to be best friends. That is very weird to her because she's like, why would we be friends just because we both have dead moms? Is that your experience as well? Like, if you met somebody else, like ran into somebody else who had also lost their father, would you be like, we have a genital connection? Because I felt like this was weird. No, it was totally weird. It was, I've never, I've, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are definitely moments where I'm already having a really good conversation with someone and I find out something like you have also shared the loss of a parent and it Mm -hmm. does make me feel closer to them because I can talk to them in a way that people who have not lost their parent 
you know, I, I don't give them any of the platitudes because none of the right. platitudes fucking work. Mm-hmm. And they, they only piss you off most of the time. So, yeah, there there are some ways that you can bond with people mm-hmm. over that kind of thing. But I have never been like, you lost your dad. I want to see your penis. Yeah, like, it's so weird. <laughs> never. Or even that, like, not even a sexual thing, but even like a, oh, you lost your dad. We're going to be best friends. I still yeah, find, no. I think that's even I've weird. I've never been like, you lost your dad? Then we should obviously have coffee. Yeah, because we should hang out. No. I don't know why. I don't want to just to talk about my dad yeah. dad like that could be a subject that comes up too. so I, yeah so but I if that's that was... all we have in common yeah i also don't want to talk to you if our only commonality is blonde hair we have <laughs> right. nothing to talk about right <laughs> yeah anyway so i found this very odd as well but she is okay. intrigued and that's fine i want to talk about another thing that annoyed me about her throughout <laughs> and yeah oh god i'm very like nervous to say this but this was a big part of my experience with this book and i understand guys i know that i'm a white lady i am (laughs) very aware yeah but this was also written by a white lady right so i kind of feel like i'm on at least equal footing with the white lady who wrote this book i don't want to be that girl that's like i have american indian friends but i did a lot of work on navajo and on hopi and on pine ridge And I've never once seen somebody who is Native American refer to themselves as Native American. I've only ever heard people refer to themselves by their tribe tribe name Mm -hmm. or as an American Indian. And every time she was like, my Native American blood or my mother's Native American blood, it was just, it was, there was something. And several times she said fried bread instead of fry bread. And that's not yeah. right. Yeah, and she goes at some point. They go for Navajo tacos, but they're like Mexican tacos on fry bread, which may be what they're like in Phoenix, but that's not what they're like on Navajo. And it right. was just there was a lot of that throughout that I was just like, Ugh. I've always heard people say, "I'm Navajo," "I'm Hopi," or you know, "I'm Lakota" or something like that, or "I'm right. an American Indian." I've never heard anyone self-refer like refer to themselves as a native american and i'm not saying people don't it just definitely in that region in like the flagstaff phoenix region never heard anyone say that right so i mean they i'm sure they're out i don't i just feel so squeamish about it (laughs) it just didn't ring true for me as somebody who lived in that area yeah same with the navajo tacos that she had i was like she said that they were like Basically, like chicken tacos, I think, with like salsa yeah, they were, and stuff. They were green chili chicken tacos. And the well, lady she spoke said, Spanish to her. Yeah, she said green chili tacos, which is true. So, what it is, is it's like fried bread, fried, fried bread, no, <laughs> fried bread and like a green chili, like a full green chili, and then some Yum. kind of meat. Um, and then that's it. Like, there could be some cheese or whatever in there, but that's pretty much the whole thing meat that and a green incredible. chili. And sometimes a cheese. But like what she had had like sour cream and like salsa and stuff on yeah. it, which might that might be the Phoenix version. I don't know, but it's definitely not the type you get on the reservation. That makes the sense. End. All right. Moving on. OK, so then she after this interaction, because he hoofs it out of there real quick. He's uncomfy around the women's and mm-hmm. she goes to approach her friend Sam about getting a job at the bar. And Sam is like real oh i didn't like the 
I'm sorry. <laughs> but she kept a bitch on. fest. I'm sorry. It is kind of a bitch fest. But there was so much slut shaming in this book and outfit shaming. Oh, that is true. She walks up and she's like, oh, man. I mean, she looked like Sam, except I guess dot 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 sluttier. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, why are we like this? So anyway. <laughs> And Sam is like, they make me like I, I earn better tips if I work at this country bar in in cut off shorts and blah, 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 you know? Yeah. So accurate. whatever. And then you know what? later in the book, you know what you do, Cheyenne? The same fucking you thing to get fuck tips. It up. Yeah. And yeah. no one you don't be like, oh, man, it sucks that I had that thought about Sam. No, you don't even have no. any like in fact awareness she like jumps down her brother's throat because he's like what the fuck are you wearing and she's like you don't tell me what to wear i'm a i'm an independent woman like (laughs) the fuck bro have some self-awareness bro she can't so i mean she's also 23 i kept on reminding myself that throughout the reading experience anyway okay so sam is like I hate the fact that you left and haven't spoken to me in five years, but do you want to get a drink at 4.30? She's like, great. So they get a drink at 4.30, and then her ex, Dustin, shows up, and he's like all over Sam in kind of a fuck you kind of way. But then they have a good reunion until the wee hours of the morning. Everybody gets drunk. But the fact that Dustin is pissed at her is like completely legit. Like she had, she was with him, and they were going to like, be together forever and like get married yeah he he was i mean i don't know if she ever thought that yeah but, but that was at least was she knew that that, that was his impression yeah. yeah so his family owns like the hardware store the the like the you know the his Lowe's family sort of store and royalty yeah and her family <laughs> owns the construction company so they were gonna like get their two families together or whatever right she whatever. has her graduation party then splits and never sees him again fucks off and like doesn't, doesn't call even him, break up doesn't with break him. up with him <laughs> and then she has the nerve to be like why is this asshole with sam it's like this asshole gets to do whatever the fuck he wants to oh, do yeah. now yeah anyway he gets to pee on your front lawn weekly if he wants maybe I think not this book maybe confuses not. being a complete asshole with being a strong woman like frequently uh, yeah no i hear that i hear that okay so then she's really drunk she goes home and then she's like, you know what? This is the best slash worst slash best time to go confront my demons at the log cabin. Uh-huh. So she walks her ass to the log cabin. Five miles. And then five miles. It takes a good in hour. And she's forest. like stumbling. Yeah. And and later on in the book, she's like, you shouldn't walk there in the dark without a rifle. And I'm like, you better not have you had a rifle, drunk this. ass. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so... She goes and then she skinny dips in the river and she stands there in the river naked to the oh. whole world and yeah. she's crying. crying. And right. P.S. Bing, boom, this bong. is yeah, yeah, super bing. creepy people with Aaron. <laughs> um, I was honestly, okay, we're going to talk about some real gross stuff that happens in this book. I don't know would... if I can talk about it. We can allude no, to it. I'm going to do it. I don't oh, care. Fuck. No. It, I can't. I can't not warn them. Like, if you want to skip ahead, you can't. I'll do a skip ahead warning. Anyway. All right. So there's real gross stuff in this book. This is the part that most made me want to curl into a no! shell and die. Stop out of it. Everything. But Aaron, he was so noble during it. Oh my God. <laughs> so he's in his log cabin 
I don't know why she doesn't think that I. She knows somebody lives there. That the tenant might hear her. Yeah, being a drunk ass stumbling sobbing around, sobbing nakedly in the stream. Well, like and when she gets into the stream, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, that's so cold." And I like she cannot modulate her her <laughs> tone at this point or her volume. So she's uh-huh. shrieking as she gets into the frozen water to have her moment uh-huh. of clarity. He wakes up, obviously. Well, no, he was creepily looking at child's figurines while awake. Oh, God. So first, he's like on his mattress on the floor, shining a flashlight mattress on, three- on the floor. Yeah, already a problem. But this guy's okay. He, he was homeless. He can't afford it. No, I hear that. I'm just saying red flags abound. Oh, yeah, sure. But like on my list of red flags <laughs> yeah, with this so dude, low. real so low. low. <laughs> so he's got three action figures, like a My Little Pony and two action figures that are sitting on his windowsill. And he's yeah. just passing the time by shining a flashlight on each one of them back and forth and back and forth. And they are representative of his dead siblings, which yep. based on the prologue were like, seems like you murdered those siblings. Mayhaps. Just back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Creepy, 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 creepy. But, I mean, his inner monologue is very sweet about them. Kind of. So then he... (laughs) I'm trying. ...sees a naked lady outside. (laughs) I swear to God. Uh A foxy naked lady. He describes her nakedness. Amongst the descriptions Mm. are the words creamy globes. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Then he cannot help... But stand there in the window and just jerk it like a creepy guy. No, he to thinks her. about jerking it. No, no, he, he does touch himself to jerk a it. little. Uh huh. And then here he we feels go. overwhelming uh, shame. Here it says, "Dip my hand into my sweatpants, gripping oh. myself so hard it hurts." I can't even. This is so awful. He's jerking off to her tears. <laughs> yeah, she's literally crying in the stream. Doesn't know he's there. He's like, this isn't right. My hand pumps on its own accord and disgust oh, no. and shame roll through me as blah, 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 blah. And he's like, she's not mine. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Uh. And at some point, while he's like jerking it to her tears, he's like, a groan escapes me. Like, can you imagine this creepy guy in a dark house looking out the window at her crying in the stream and just be like, oh, like, I'm just, I was reading this, like, this can't be our hero. This can't. And they haven't even described him yet to, like, at least make him sexy in my brain, because he could look like anybody at this point. We don't even have a description of him. I'm like, is he at least pretty? Like, because he's real creepy. Well, okay, in his defense, I think I remember that he doesn't actually notice she's crying until he stops touching himself. I think. I don't know know. that that's true. Any better. No, I, because I don't think she's sobbing. I, no, she's not. I that was a creative license I was taking. It was, but but he anyway, is licking his lips and imagining no. what she'd taste like. It's just the no. whole thing. Taking even the crying out of the equation, that was like one of the grossest scenes I've ever read in a book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she did sort of arrive like a nymph out of the woods. I don't know. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, it's not like he's he's not a peeping tom. He's not sat outside of her window. She's outside of his window. Right. No, okay. it's still... Imagine you're in your house alone. Lights off. <laughs> you see a super sexy dude uh-huh. in the stream. 
Maybe yeah. crying, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? I think there's a few ways you could go about this. You could open mm. your window and call out and be like, hey, man, I'm living here. <laughs> and that's that's a fun meet cute. I that like is that. perfectly reasonable. Yeah. You could be like, you know what? I'm just going to let this be and walk sure. away and go about your business. Yep. Or you could furiously masturbate no, while standing no. in the window. Which one of those do you choose? <laughs> one of the first two, right? Because you're not creepy. Yeah. No, there will be no clitoral action yeah. during this interlude. No. Because it's disgusting. Yeah, it's real right. weird. It's okay. real weird. All right, okay. moving on. <sighs> okay. So then the next day, she's hungover as fuck. She realizes that she can't get a job anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So she goes back to her dad and asks for her old job back. I'm sorry. She right. doesn't even do that. She just like sort of arrives. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, so you can't get a job anywhere else. So you want a job here? And she's like, I guess. Yeah. And she's still in her like designer or non-designer clothes from before. And like she gets out of her truck to go like plead for her job back. And her brother is like, oh, hey, they're Native American Barbie. And I'm like, that's, that's a not, weird thing to that's say. That's a weird thing to say. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So then. This is where we find out she's going to be making 40 plus K a year in rural Arizona, <laughs> not paying any rent, right. not having to pay for food, yeah. not having to do a fucking thing. And also, if she bides her time for long enough, she can probably get that cabin where she's not even having to live with yeah. her dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she says a little while later that she's knee- knees deep in paperwork contemplating her shitty situation. And I just want to strangle her. Okay. Also, this isn't something that happened to her. She no. assaulted a colleague. <laughs> like, yes. I just don't. I don't. There's a lot of poor me in this book. And I think I wrote the note. You literally assaulted a colleague. She keeps being like, oh, gosh, that embarrassing tape of me like doing the right thing. And I'm like, where are your fucking job, Cheyenne? Eye bone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You broke his eye bone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then Lucas arrives and he's going to drop off the carving that another customer has commissioned. She wants to bond with him over their dead moms and he's not into it. He's really awkward with her. Mm-hmm. He figures out that she's the boss's daughter and that he has touched himself to her unsuspecting naked yeah. form. And he appropriately feels shame. Oh, yeah. He's also thinking, what could make a woman so strong cry? I'm like, that's a weird. You don't know her, bro. You don't. Like, know her he's very like i've never been pulled toward a lady like this ever before which is very romance novel-y but i really felt strongly you don't know this woman by the things that he was saying yeah he keeps on talking about the magnetic force that won't let her Mm -hmm. look away from him she's intrigued by him because now she knows he's also an artist so then she oh the next chapter opens with her complaining about her dad cooking her another dinner so there's that She and her brother Cody have a talk and this is, I mean, this actually makes sense to me. She's like, I don't know how you stay here. I see mom everywhere in this house. And like, not Mm -hmm. like the fun mom, not the loving mom, the sick sick mom, mom. the dying mom. Mm -hmm. And I get that. But then she's like, Cody, how do you do it? And he's like, well, you fucking asshole. I do it for that guy because we might have lost our mom, but he lost his whole fucking life. Like she Mm -hmm. was his life. And, and she's like, Oh my god. I have never considered that my dad might have been in pain after losing the partner he chose for the rest of his life. The fact that your brother had to explain that to you is 
so awful. Like It's incredible. It is impressive. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the dad sends her and Lucas out to do some kind of like a job. They're going to go pick up tile. Like they have to drive somewhere to go pick up tile. So they're going to mm-hmm. go together to drive a long way. Okay. I'm going to read you a passage. Oh, please. It's not because Lucas is ridiculously good looking, which he is. This is the first time we get a description of Lucas. Page 87. Oh, yeah. Or that he's built like a man should be built. Not overly swollen with muscles sculpted in a gym, but lean and strong from hard work, wide shoulders, cut biceps, narrow hips, blah, 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 blah. It mm-hmm. keeps going. Um, da, 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 da. Those hands, those rough hands can create delicate work, says long, you know, da, 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 da. and then she's like, it's not all that. It's just that we share something, the loss of a parent. And that kind of mutual experience makes me feel exposed when they're 15 feet apart, let alone in a truck together. And I'm like, I think it's the other stuff, Cheyenne. I, I don't think it's think definitely the other stuff. I think it's the like uh, 500 word paragraph about how hot he is that's giving yeah. you butterflies. I think not- it's your gaping <laughs> vagina begging to be filled. <laughs> like, I don't know what else it could be. So they go get the tiles. Uh, he's pretty taciturn on the way there. He calls yeah, her ma'am. Yeah, she keeps on. Yeah, for a long time. Her, she keeps on trying to get to know him, and she's like, "Okay, I'll ask a question, then you ask a question." And then they finally resort to playing. Would you rather? Like, bleh. Mm-hmm. Um, she <clears throat> doesn't understand why her dad sent her on this job in the first place because she literally does nothing. So she's like, yeah. "Well, this was stupid." Yeah. And it was mostly because she, he wanted to get her out of the tiny trailer because that chapter also um, opened with her complaining about the above living living wage she was getting <laughs> in a tiny, tiny town <laughs> where her family owns the boomingest business and uh, they own at least two homes and maybe three pieces of property and contemplating her absolutely hopeless future. What a fuckhole. Uh-huh. <sighs> you know, it kind of reminds me of the beginning of Hope Floats when Sandra Bullock is just such a bitch to everybody. Maybe. But yeah. in that book, like something horrible, ha- or book, not movie, it's probably a book too, <laughs> but I didn't read the book. In that movie, something horrible happened to her, which was the reason she had to go back home. And, and then, it happened just then. Yeah. This isn't five years later. Yeah. And then right away when she gets home everyone's an asshole to her everybody's like oh look who came crawling back and like you were a bitch to all of us in high school and blah 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 so like in that like it fit but in here it's like she did something to make her situation this way and then when she comes back everyone seems nice well they're mad that she left for five years but besides that they're like we're pretty mad at you but do you want this job we're pretty mad at you but like i'll have coffee with you like yeah yeah anyway so then she's like, we should go get a fry bread taco. And he's like, I only eat peanut butter because. Yeah. But he really wants to impress her. Also, fry bread tacos. I, I have to have one before I die. You can get like this kind of Mexican-y style uh, Navajo taco at Cheesecake Factory if you need to. Interesting. It's on page like 45 of that menu. Because I had a lot when I lived out in Flagstaff because we were yeah. often, they had this like Saturday market on the Navajo reservation. I don't know if they still do, but you could go get these tacos there. Right. And I've like, but I don't live in the West. Like there's nowhere to get fry bread mm-hmm. tacos. And like one time I was at a cheesecake factory and it was on page like 45 of the menu. <laughs> and it's not like, it's pretty much a Mexican taco, but with fry bread, but you can make it work. 
All right. I dig it. So he tells her that he doesn't usually eat food that he hasn't made or isn't named peanut butter sandwich, but <laughs> he wants to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to make fun of him and I, but it is just a funny thing. Like I mm-hmm. don't, I'm not making fun of him. It's just a funny thing, mm-hmm. but he really wants to impress her. So he, he stomachs this fry bread taco and then they mm-hmm. leave again and she likes that she doesn't feel like her guard has to be up with him and he almost blacks out one more almost blackout when she asked him what he did before moving to Payson. Yes. She tells him to pull over so they can go cliff diving. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. He, she asks if he trusts her and he's like, no, this will become a, a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. She asks yeah, him. He if doesn't trust, trust anybody. Him. Yeah. But he does jump because he wants her to like him and he wants her to see him as brave because she's so strong, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's super stoked, but then he almost blacks out in the water again, which I think would be way awkward. Because let's review. We don't know what these blackouts are. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. is he going to just go unconscious while swimming in a deep, deep pool of water? <laughs> because <laughs> that, that yeah. doesn't sound good. Right. And then as he's driving home, he knows that if he gets close to her, the blackouts will come back with a vengeance yeah. and he might hurt her and he doesn't want to. Right. Guys, they're not breadcrumbs. Again, we're not finding out what's Mm-mm. going on here. We just are becoming more and more unsettled with this hero. The line where it was like my blackouts, the constant threat I'll have to fight to hold off. I'll never want to. I never want to hurt Cheyenne. But if the blackouts return, there's no doubt. I will. And I noted, I'm so sick of these blackouts. Like, I'm so sick of <laughs> I'm so sick of this. Okay. Okay. So she zones out on the ride home and we learn how much she likes how he looks shirtless. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. She also noticed his big old dick. Even though it got dunked <laughs> in cold water, she was yeah. like, ooh, la, la. <laughs> so we must be pretty big, you guys. Woohoo. Okay. Then she gets back. Her brother tells her that her dad has gotten her truck serviced mm-hmm. while her broken down truck, he's gone to have it serviced, which she doesn't have to pay for. And she's like, what the fuck? He didn't even ask me. How dare he? <laughs> and I just, my my note is this fucking ungrateful wretch. Okay. But like, I, I think I've been there, but like as a teenager, I know. I, I, I remember was just getting mad at my dad my one time. Self. Yeah. I remember getting mad at my dad one time for taking my car to get an oil change. But I think what was made me mad about it is he put all my stuff that was in my car into a cardboard box and put it into my bedroom. And I was like, this oh, is that's... all the stuff that was in my car. Stop yeah. it. I like this stuff in my car. Why are you going through my stuff? Yeah, that makes sense. Also, I think I was like 17. So grow yeah, up, I Cheyenne. Yeah, I was 23. Yeah. Like, this is, oh, this is what just drove me nuts. So... Okay, so then on the way back to her house, because he's going to drop her off, she finds out that he is the motherfucker living in the cabin that she deserves. <laughs> and uh, she tells him this. She does tell him that he hasn't done anything wrong because he immediately starts apologizing like a frightened child. Right. Like he is having a PTSD reaction to her fury mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. this cabin, which is totally mm-hmm. relevant and mm-hmm. valid. And... She's like, you didn't do anything wrong. Also, will you take me there? So this is also in his inner monologue where we find out he refers to his mom as the devil. Uh-huh. And she learns that he has seen her naked. Right. Good. Good, good. Yeah. She's surprisingly cool with it as well. Right. I mean, but she he did he trespass. Tell her about the furious masturbation. No, though. she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So. No. 
No, and she didn't. She's hear never the gonna learn about that, you guys. No, no. <laughs> okay, so they go inside, and she sees the work that he's done on the house, and she's very like, impressed. Oh my god, it's perfect because, mm-hmm. like, he uses her mom's pendant on one of the kitchen poles, and like, it's really awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. And she gets so overwhelmed with grief and sadness that she nearly collapses. So of course, he catches her. And then she's in his arms and she's begging him to kiss her with her eyes. And then he looks at her and he says, I can't. And then she begs him to kiss her with her words. Mm -hmm. And then their lips brush. And then here we go. His whole demeanor changes. His face becomes hard. He pulls back. He does things like call her a big old cock tease and a Um. slut. He tells her that he likes scaring her mm-hmm. and mm, then basically kicks her out. Yeah. I mean, he smooches her real good, I think. And she like pushes back on it. Like she, she doesn't like what's going on, I think. Or no, does, not does yet. that later. Okay. So then he just seems really like an asshole. Calls her a whore. Oh, yeah. And is like, says like, oh, you really wanted it, didn't you? Like that kind of stuff. And then. Yeah, like you're just a temptress and all this mm-hmm. bullshit. And then she's like, you're scaring me. I'm going to have to leave. Uh-huh. And he's like, good. I'm glad you're fucking scared. Get the fuck out. And he's got this whole thing where he's like, oh, shy. And you're not so shy. Yeah. And and you like whore. she had just told him before that she was named. This helped me a lot because she was named Cheyenne because her mom's name was Annika. And yeah. as a baby, she was quiet. So they named her Cheyenne after her mother, right. Cheyenne Blue Eyes, which helped me a lot. Why a Napaho woman was named Cheyenne? Because yeah, yeah, that totally. also did not ring true for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But, okay. <clears throat> so he's an she, asshole. Oh, wait. So as she leaves, she's like, all right, goodbye, Lucas. And he goes, he under his oh my breath God, he's like, i can't call me gage so it's dark Ooh. she has to walk home the five miles by herself we don't know any of that because then we get an entire pov of gage's incredibly abusive misogyny gage is lucas's other personality yes he's the worst he is a scary motherfucker he hates women oh i'll read you a quote hold on He says, they're straight from the pit of hell, Uh all of them except Alexis, but she was seven and dead before the infection of womanhood could disease and ruin her. He's a lot, guys. I would say if you're reading this book and you don't like abusive misogynists, that you should stop at page... (laughs) <laughs> 124 yes. because this guy is a lot um also he refers to his mom as shocking mother in the way that like uh mm. norman gates does yeah wait is norman that right bates. bates bates yeah it's it's rough like but basically gage's job is to ensure lucas isn't hurt again and his point of view is that women are the root of all hurt It makes sense later because his mom was incredibly abusive, but Gage is the protector and this whole, in in addition to all of the really, really crazy misogyny, it's just a lot of exposition. I found it really exposition heavy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the next morning, uh, our heroine is blaming herself. She's like, oh, I pushed him too much. I pushed him with that Navajo taco. I pushed him by Mm -hmm. asking him to cliff dive with me. 
I pushed him by asking him to kiss me, and then, you know, I just pushed him over the edge. No mention of call me Gage, which is the freakiest no. thing. Can you imagine smooching a guy no. mm-hmm. whose name is Lucas and then him nope. going berserker on you and then being like, my new name is Gage? Yeah, no. <laughs> Fucked up. <laughs> Even when somebody has, like, a, another personality that they're like, when I'm drunk, I'm this name. Sure. I'm like, uh-uh. No, I still I don't like that. No. Mm-mm. And also, usually people don't. It was a joke among my friends that when I got drunk, I would turn into Harmony because I would just get like extra mischievous. Yeah. My extra mischievous personality was Harmony. And like we had a whole joke that I had multiple personality disorder. Butch is the one that can change a tire on any vehicle. Mm -hmm. She's also incredibly good at softball. There are a lot of them. Anyway, I did not dub myself any of those things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Right? (laughs) You'd never be like, call me Butch. No! <laughs> Say my name. Say my name before I change your tire. I won't do it until you call me Butch. Say it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so she's blaming herself, but then she's like, this is a good thing, though, because I need to focus on getting back into broadcasting and getting right. the fuck out of this place because I want to get away from my horrible life with my horrible job and my horrible 40K minimum. And my horrible dad who makes me steak and potato dinners all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible and ugh. Yeah. Also, she gets a call from Trevor that day. And Trevor says, oh, you know, like, he, he's a, he negs a lot. He's not a nice guy to her. Oh, constantly. Yeah. But I was pro Trevor right up until the end of this book. I was like, Trevor really hasn't done a lot of bad shit except for neg you all the time. Because he's calling. He's like, hey. I can help you. You send me your reel. I'm going to help you get into the LA market and I'll give you the boost. And her internal monologue is very like, oh, as if I couldn't do it on my own merit, I need Trevor to do it. And I'm like, you assaulted Assaulted a a colleague. colleague. The fact that this guy is even willing to continue to tie his name to yours is a blessing. He may be a dick, but this is an olive branch. You idiot. (laughs) yeah, no, I I just hated everyone. I didn't He's like He's not a Trevor. nice guy, but... And I, I called what oh, he yeah. wanted her for. He does this whole monologue at the end about yeah. what he wants her for. Whatever, yeah, it. that's fine. But, like, as of now, he's just calling and trying to help her get broadcast jobs. Oh, well, no, but, but for real, he's also not saying, send your reel in for this job. He's saying... I'm going to try to get this job and then I will try to get you a lesser job. Yeah. All of that is still helpful. Nothing wrong with that because sending her reel is not going to be helpful on account of her video of punching a cameraman (laughs) went viral. Yeah. Okay. She picks up a shift at the bar on Friday night and she finds her friend Sam, who is at her work job, her actual full-time work job. (laughs) Yeah. Sam's not great at jobs. Well, I mean, she is so slutty, Erin. So yeah, that is her defining characteristic in this That's book. That's fair. Yep. Because there seems to be some internalized misogyny happening as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sam is making out with a dude against a wall. He is fully like fingering her in <laughs> a bar. <laughs> and so when she's like, hey, uh, Sam, uh, our boss wants to talk to you. She turns around and dun, dun, dun. It's, it's Lucas. Lucas Gage. Oh, my goodness. So she scurries away. 
And then Dustin grabs her and he's like, I want another beer. And she's like, sure, then give me it. But then she gets bumped into him and he grabs her and then he won't let her go. And then he wants her to kiss him. And she's like, get the fuck off me. And it's this whole altercation. And then all of a sudden, Dustin is pulled off of her body forcibly. And she's like, what just happened? Oh, my gosh. And Gage is now in an altercation with Dustin because he has decided to, I guess, defend her honor. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is where Dustin calls him the R word multiple times. We got that little treat in this book. Yep. This fucking hillbilly motherfucker. But he's a villain. Like, Dustin's yeah, not yeah, a Dustin good is, dude. Is so the fact that he's running around saying that isn't like, it's not like our no. hero is saying that. He's doing no. other stuff. Different, no, different stuff not. that is incredibly <laughs> So Then uh, Lucas Gage punches Justin. Punches real hard. Dustin. And That's the one. and then pulls her out into the back alley and then this is where the sexual assault happens for a minute and then doesn't anymore yeah so she's not he's like aggressively all over her and she's like no 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 no." he yeah he pulls her out of the bar she falls and hurts her knee then Mm -hmm. he picks her up slams her into the bar wall and then pins her and and kisses her her whole uh, her whole body is saying like no 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 and she's beating against his chest it literally says she's beating against his chest mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she's just like oh but maybe i can get right up on ya and her arms curl around him and she starts kissing him back and again this is after the man that she knows to be Lucas <laughs> called her a bitch and a whore and then said, call me Gage. And she's like, yeah. you know what? I, I'm just going to go with this. I'm I like gonna- it. Like- My body is telling me yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then so then she's like, wait, hold on just a minute. I vaguely remember you telling me to call yeah. you Gage. <laughs> yeah. In that moment, she's like, <laughs> Wait a minute. I remember you telling me a different name that is your name. Yeah. Like that shouldn't have been the creepiest thing that's ever happened to her. (laughs) Right? So she questions him and he tells her to stay away from Lucas and pushes off her a little bit. And she says that she wants to talk to Lucas right now because that's also normal and she's totally going with it. And then... He's like, he, okay, and then, you guys, this is where the, one of the, one of the physical assaults happen, because then he rushes her, pins her shoulders to the wall, and says, do not fuck with him, stay away, or I'll bury you, and leaves. And he is referring to him as the murdering her. Yeah, yes. But oh, like, yeah, sorry. The idea that, like, I would be like, stay away from the other guy yeah. that inhabits my body sometimes. Yeah. Stay, like, it's, it's <laughs> as if one day I was like, I'm Linda now, and yeah. you better not fuck with Aaron. Like, that's yeah. way scarier than she reacts to. <laughs> yeah, She's totally. just like, maybe I should get to the bottom of this. Or, or like, the, she honestly, like, it's almost as if she's like, oh, like, Sorry, I, I just can't even make words. No, when, like in in the last book we read, Naked <laughs> Werewolf, when she realized that Cooper was a werewolf, she's like, "Oh, it all makes sense now." Yes, she has the same sort of reaction to this. Like, "Oh, it makes sense. He has two personalities. 
One is a mouse, and the other one is a murdering, sexual assaulting asshole. Now I get it. Now I can go be his girlfriend. And it's like, no. 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 Do not have the same reaction to this as you would a mythical creature. This is different. A mythical creature who has defended you on multiple occasions. Yeah, this is a man who's actually assaulted you. A couple of times now. Um, Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so Lucas wakes up from his blackout. Mm-hmm. He he starts putting pieces together. He has sore knuckles. Mm-hmm. He smells a woman's perfume on himself. And then he finds a note in a childlike handwriting that says, time for another sacrifice. Oh, on the page oh, of his oh, sketchbook oh, oh. where he has sketched her naked from when oh, she was body. crying in the stream. Yep. yep. Next yep. to that, he's wrote, time for another sacrifice, mm. which a uh, listener indicates that uh, his other there personality has been another is going sacrifice. to fucking murder Cheyenne. <laughs> So then he goes to find Cheyenne because he thinks yeah. she's actually dead. Okay, listen, Lucas, <laughs> don't go find Cheyenne. Leave town because one of two things has happened. Either the monster inside of you that can come has out at any time murdered her, has already murdered Cheyenne, uh-huh. or wants to. So get your action figures, <laughs> put them in your pillowcase, and leave, Lucas. And get the don't fuck go out find of Dodge. Cheyenne. Yeah. Anyway, so he finds Cheyenne. He does. This is a romance novel, so it's going to work out for it's these gotta. crazy kids. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that happily ever after. Uh, um, so. so then she, he finds her. She's like, you look pale and like you haven't eaten. When was the mm-hmm. last time you ate? And he's like, tacos. And she's like, that was four days ago. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. So we learn a little bit more about his blackouts. She feeds him some food. Mm-hmm. Oh, she sees, quote, a flicker of the terrified boy she's seen before, and mm-hmm. the confusion on his face is enough to rip open old wounds. Mm-hmm. So that's where she's coming from. Yep. So he, he tells her that his mom was abusive, and this other personality started to come around around the time he was like 8 to 10 or so. Yeah. And the other personality, Gage, would protect his three siblings from their mother. And so she knows that there's some kind of abuse going on, and that at some point, he had this psychological break as a child, and sure. now he has this other personality. He also tells him that because this was a response to his abusive mother, that women will trigger the blackouts. Yeah, he refers to them as the threats. Right. So if somebody's angry or if somebody talks about child abuse or he gets too close to a woman, he will go into this blackout personality. Um, And all of that tracks emotionally for me. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, And he doesn't know what happens when he's (sighs) Gage, which does not track... Um, I read a Wikipedia article about multiple personalities, so really? I've done a lot of research for oh this my podcast. God, tell me everything. And according to Wikipedia, uh-huh. that's how I knew that it was in the DSM-5. Uh, I, this isn't, I'm not just like smart. Um, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, uh, mm-hmm. they, if you're a mer- multiple personalities person, you know what's happening while the other person has taken over your body. Like, your personalities are all still in there and aware while they're not at the front. It's not a blackout. Okay. It's it's just like a, somebody else has control of your body. Yeah, so that's like the Sybil and United States of Terra take on dissociative personality disorder is that usually the the main person all the other personalities know what's going on mm-hmm. but the main person never knows what the other personalities do and i think that that's what this author was doing here right gage knows 
Right. Gage knows but what's Lucas up. But has Lucas has no idea. Doesn't. As far as I know, empirically in the real world, according sure, to Wikipedia, sure, sure. everybody knows everything. Okay. So then he's like, uh, he asked her if Gage did anything to her. And she wants to tell him how much she liked the kiss and would like another one. But then he leaves mm-hmm. and he asked her to promise not to tell anyone. And the chapter ends with her saying, Lucas is unstable. There's no denying it. And as much as he should terrify me, he doesn't. And that is what worries me most. But he super does. This book keeps going back and forth from saying either Cheyenne is very afraid all the time or extraordinarily never afraid. And no character can agree on whether she's constantly afraid or never afraid to include her. Yeah. So currently she's not afraid. Well, she's not afraid of Lucas. Sure. But in like the next paragraph, she'll be like, I'm always afraid when I'm around I'm Lucas. So, I'm terrified. And then like <laughs> the next edge. paragraph, she'll be like, it's so weird how I'm never afraid. I like, never have any guards up. Yeah. I know. I know. So, All right. Okay. So her dad goes on a fishing trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her dad goes on a fishing trip and he's like, hey, Lucas, you man with a penis. I think that you should check in on my daughter who is well, who does not have a penis. First, dad's like, hey, Cheyenne, I want to go on a family fishing trip oh, yeah. with you and your That's brother. That's so nice. And she's like. Fishing and camping and I don't tobacco hear you spit. Fart I don't want to hear you guys time. fart in a tent all night. And it's like, God damn it, Cheyenne. Just yeah, go you camping with your nice? dad. Like, anyway, so she's got the house to herself. Lucas is going to check in. He does. And they decide that they have sort of a talk, a sort of a break it down, but not really. They go out to a, they're going to go get a burger because he still hasn't eaten anything. So she's like, let's go through a drive-thru. I don't have to change out of my sweatpants and we can go get dinner together. So they go to Sonic, get a hamburger and yeah. they eat it. She's like, let's just pull up to the creek and eat oh. it in the truck. Oh, no, no. I'm no, sorry. I know. I, I, I know. All right. Bing, boom, bong. Slut shaming with bong. melody. Slut <laughs> yeah. shaming with right, melody. Here, here it goes. I'll just back off. <laughs> How fucking dare you? So they pull up to this goddamn drive-thru. And she's like, what do you want for dinners? And he's like, well, I guess I'll have whatever you're having. So she orders for them because he has no plan on actually eating with her. And when they pull up to the final window to pay and get their food, the lady's like talking to her. And she's like, oh, you're the new kid. And like she's trying to engage him in conversation. And he's really nervous and really shy. And so then Cheyenne's like, hello, like I'm right here. And the lady's like, oh, no offense, darling. Like, Which I think I just, is fine because she says to him, do you have a girlfriend or are you single? Because like we're all interested. Sure. So I think Cheyenne's, hey, I'm right here, bitch, is fine. I'm I'm down with that one. Yeah, I guess. Because she's Maybe. driving. So this woman is actually talking past her to the man in the passenger seat being like, is there a woman in your life? <laughs> I think that's rude. I would never say anything about that because that's something he should handle. The question was directed to him. Sure. Okay. Like, be secure at <laughs> yeah, some point fine. in your life. But I, I didn't, my hackles were I not didn't yet I hate up. that part. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not, that, that didn't offend me. So then they're driving away and he says something about it. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear her over all the slutty mm-hmm. or over all the slut or something like that. And... He's like, oh, ho, ho, I'm kind of enjoying the fact that she's a little jealous. And gross. she then goes on to say that, like, she practically climbed over her to, like, get in his lap. And, like, none of that happened. 
you no. gross person. Oh, this is also, sorry, this is also after uh, he offers to pay. And she's like, well, if you pay, then it's a date. And he's like, here's my money. So that mm-hmm. was actually cute. So that I, was cute. I have, I finally have a cute moment in this book. <laughs> And then I get walloped across the face with all this stupid, unnecessary slut shaming. <laughs> all right. So then, I'm sorry, Big Melody. Bong, I wrote over. it. I my note actually, actually, literally reads slut shaming with Melody. So we could have all anticipated that happening. So <laughs> they drive the truck back, and they're going to eat the burgers by the river. We find out a few things about Lucas Gage. Yeah, one is that every time he starts smooching a lady, he turns into Gage. Um, so he has not ever kissed a woman, Lucas. Or yeah. so Lucas we, is a virgin. Found out- we found out Gage, earlier that he's a virgin, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because in their first interaction, Gage said to her, do you know how many times I've had to protect Lucas from being raped? Right. Which was a weird thing to drop out without context. <laughs> so then yeah. we also find out that he doesn't eat meat because of the crazy punishments his mom used to do that involved feeding him poisoned and like rotten meat yeah spoiled meat she would starve them and then oh my god feed them spoiled meat so they would get food poisoning incredibly sick okay so, so now then. the charred meat makes him sick like the smell of it makes him sick yeah which so makes she a lot of just sense to me. switches his burger for her fries she's like okay you can have double fries then well no and then she feeds both their burgers to the dog we're not talking about and then <laughs> then i'm sorry it's <laughs> that dog <laughs> No, I know. Then they start talking about kissing each other. Uh-huh. And he's like, there's like a good three-page lead up to the kiss that is actually hot. This is a very hot kiss. It's a very, very hot kiss. Mm-hmm. It is sandwiched between a lot of a lot of problematic crazy, but okay. Mm-hmm. So I spent so much of this book conflicted because I hated the fact that I was having emotional responses to like the good parts. It was just a it was just emotional whiplash for me. Okay. Their lips finally touch. And this is one of the... Actually, it's a really beautiful line, so I'm just going to read it. Mm -hmm. Their lips touch. says they mold together and move slowly, as if the world itself has stalled. That time has frozen, so this kiss will sear itself into our DNA and become the standard to which all beauty in life will be held against. Gorgeous sentence. Fucking gorgeous. This book is well written. It's just like a Looney Tunes premise. Uh, yeah. Like the writing is so, sentence by sentence. The writing is very good in this book. Yes. It's just the overarching story is batshit bonkers crazy. It just makes me feel icky a lot of times. So then mid kiss. So then they super kiss. They like super make out. Yeah. There, there's dick gyrating. There's, there's <laughs> skin touching. <laughs> um, and then in the middle, mm-hmm. he morphs into Gage. Because she goes to grab his penis. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then Gage, Gage is like, out. you will not be raped, Lucas. Right. <laughs> because when Gage says, I've saved him from being raped many times, I don't think, I think that's Gage's perception of the situation because no. he hates women no. so much. You exactly. don't think so? Well, I think that's part of it. But no, there were de- there were definitely lines in the book later on because I, I had my eye out on this. I okay. wanted to know. There were definitely parts of the book where he's like... I have never, ever had a good reaction to a woman coming on to me physically because I've never trusted oh, anyone but okay. Cheyenne. So, yeah, that does yes. make sense. Okay. In this case, Gage's reaction is not appropriate, but in right. the past, it absolutely has been. But he's trying to protect Lucas from falling in love with Cheyenne because he believes that Cheyenne will hurt Lucas. 
right eventually oh, so meanwhile it seems like sorry i'm down for a three-hour podcast we can do this if you want to tweet us that, that i'm wrong about this please do but my interpretation was that gage protected lucas by just falling on the fuck sword gage is not a virgin right and so i think every time lucas was like oh no i don't think so yeah gage yeah like, all right <laughs> yeah i think that's right but i okay. what what didn't what didn't add up for me was what you just said, where Lucas was uncomfortable with female interaction such that if he oh, yeah, yeah. did have sex existed. with a woman, it would have always been like non-consensual for him because he never felt comfortable enough. Right. So that's why Gage swooped in. And because I wasn't thinking that way. So I was thinking yeah, yeah, totally. like Gage just swooped in every time Lucas was about to have sex and Gage <laughs> was like, yeah, I saved him from getting raped by yeah, whores. Such a good and when dude. really he just like wanted to have all when the he sex. Was just like, yeah, no. That's because he hates happening. all women. Right. He, he and believed he does. So sex was bad. So this poor thing goes from having a really nice smooch with a really nice oh boy God. to then Gage judging her um she reaches so, out because she's like oh i'm sorry did i do something wrong yeah, he and backs he, off and then he slaps her hand out of the air he mm-hmm. hits her on the hand okay then may he i calls read her a whore yes please do <clears throat> she gasps and i keep my eyes to the dirt to avoid having to see the pathetic look women get when they're rejected weakness is revolting Hey, I'm sorry. She reaches out and I smack her hand from the air before she can touch me. Her arms wrap around her belly. I slowly move my gaze up her body. Baggy ass pants that wouldn't flatter even the sexiest woman. A worn shirt that showcases her, ahem, heaving breasts. And then, dot, 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 ta-da, there it is, recognition. I grin. She scowls. Gage. I hold my hands out and bow. At your service, whore. (laughs) It's like, Jesus, fuck. Yeah. This is where we find out that he's protected Luke from being raped in the past. Yeah. She says he wasn't invited. He tells her that she only wants Luke because he's easy to control. Mm -hmm. More insults. And she asks if he hates her, why did he protect her at the bar? Mm -hmm. He asks her if she has a death wish. She accuses him of starving Lucas from Friday to Monday as punishment, just like his mom did i don't know why she thinks it's a good idea to call to compare gage to his mom yeah not a great idea cheyenne i mean we are not victim blaming here because what he does next is not okay no it's not okay but just from a logical perspective (laughs) why the fuck would you do this you insolent little brat and that's why she's an insolent little brat she doesn't think about her actions or and she has she obviously has no empathy given the fact that she didn't know her dad was in pain after her mom died of lou gehrig's disease after a two-year descent into Mm -hmm. awfulness Mm -hmm. (sighs) so she says fuck you yeah and he gets real mad and here's what he does guys you might want to skip forward about a minute or so. All right, here we are. Bing, boom, bong. Triggering things with Aaron. Yeah. He takes her by the hair and drags her such that her hair is the only thing keeping her upright. So Correct. she's grabbing onto his forearms to keep her hair on. Yes. He drags her into the stream, makes her get on her knees, basically. Oh, wait. He drags her into the stream up to their waist. Then mm-hmm. he tells her, you're right, to get on her knees. And then he says the phrase, don't worry, I won't make you suck me off. I prefer my whores breathing. 
That is a direct quote. Which means he's about to drown her. He's definitely going to drown her. Makes her get on her knees. And then she's like gasping, trying to like get out of the water. And Gage would have fucking killed her. Wait, so she she starts saying, Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. come forward, please, and Lucas. And he says, you're going to die now. And your last thought will be how Lucas failed you. Mm-hmm. He failed to rescue you. He's responsible for your death. And then the last phrase in that perspective is she flails in my hold her body's last ditch effort at survival yeah so there's a lot in this about how gage is a pretty good guy all he wants to do is protect lucas i feel like in this moment where he was telling the woman that lucas loves or whatever that it's lucas's fault that she's about to be dead is not particularly compassionate toward lucas also there's a lot Later on in this book, where, spoiler alert, she falls in love with this guy. Um, loves Gage. Loves him. About how, like, I thought that at some point, Sh- like, Gage was going to go away. Like, Cheyenne was going to cure Lucas of Gage and the monster was going to be gone. No, 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 no. She's going to fall in love with this guy and Lucas. So don't worry. This mm-hmm. is our hero right now. This is one of our heroes. This is definitely our hero. There's a lot of like, oh, Gage could probably never actually kill a person. And Gage, she says repeatedly throughout the rest of the book, Gage has never hurt me. Yeah, he's never actually hurt me. But he would have killed her. There's nothing that stopped him from killing her except for Lucas coming forward. So he didn't voluntarily abandon this murder. He would have murdered her. This was an Mm -hmm. attempted murder. Yes, completely. And even if it wasn't. That would still be that would still, still be incredibly hurting. Incredibly not okay. Yeah, it's still hurting when you dunk somebody in water and tell them that you're going to drown them. That's still yeah. hurtful. So my note here is: this is where they lost me. Yes. <laughs> so Lucas wakes up in the water. He wakes up in the river under the water. Cheyenne is at the river's edge, coughing her guts out. He goes to her. She says, "Stay away from me." And then he tries to comfort her and find out what happened. And she's like, I can't believe you don't remember. And he's like, I don't remember. She has lost her pants somewhere because I think the current took them away. Mm -hmm. Then she's basically like, we can't be friends anymore. And leaves. Good work, Cheyenne. Excellent idea, Cheyenne. Book over. Happily ever after for Cheyenne. Happily ever (laughs) after. Bye. Um, and then he decides that he's going to leave Payson and just to make sure she's safe, which again, good job, Lucas. Get out of here. Go find a nice guy like international cyber terrorist Alice Green. Like that's that's how I feel (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. So then she's blaming herself again. Mm -hmm. And in her inner monologue, she goes, as much as it scared me, as much as I was convinced my existence would be erased from this earth. A voice whispered that he wouldn't kill me, but I didn't listen. I gave up, gave in to the terror rather than fight for what I wanted, which is apparently Lucas. Prove that I'm strong enough to handle anything Gage throws at me. Listen, guys, being a strong woman does not mean putting yourself in scary situations and acting like you're not scared. That's not what it is. (laughs) No. This is ridiculous. It's not choosing to be around a person who tried to drown you 12 hours ago in earnest. You don't need to do that to prove you're a strong lady. No, no, no. no. You're so (laughs) strong. If you walk away, you're so strong. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So she decides that she's going to go see Lucas and ask a bunch of questions, even though it risks triggering Gage. Like, this is all what she's mm-hmm. thinking. And she also wants to convince Gage that she's not a threat. She th- This is her hypothesis, that if she can get Gage on side, then she can be with Lucas. So mm-hmm. she falls asleep and has a really understandable PTSD reaction when her mm-hmm. brother tries to wake her up. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, fair. Her brother's like... We are back early because somebody vandalized the work site that we're on right now. Mm-hmm. And Lucas came to pick him up and she looks outside and she's like, oh, God. And she like shrinks away from the window because seeing him is really scary. And that makes a metric fuck ton of sense. Yep. They go out to the job site, right? Yep. Yep. And the vandalizing of the job site was like people broke a bunch of windows and whatever and spray painted. Um yeah, they like they pulled out wiring. They did a bunch of really yeah. expensive stuff. So it's the R word all over the job site. It says, Die R word. Yeah. So yeah. their concern. Well, I think Lucas is concerned that Gage did it at this point. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, because he said because they say something about pulling uh, fingerprints, and he's like, "Oh shit! If they pull fingerprints, this very well could have been me. Like Gage could have gone out here. No, maybe. But I thought it was if they pull my fingerprints, they'll see my record. Oh, maybe that's it. Like in the midst yeah. of the thing." Oh, I yeah. thought it was that he thought Gage did it. I, I read the part about seeing his record, but I thought, like, they'd see his record, yeah, yeah. they would definitely convict me for, you know, doing right. this job site. Okay. So then Cody is like, you need to come out to the bar with me. You yeah. need to have fun. You're a young dude with some testosterone I in your bloodstream. You we're out at the bar the other night and beat yeah. the shit out of Dustin. So clearly you're a man <laughs> who likes to party. So let's get this done. Right. <laughs> I like so then, Cody. I, I he really said like hose Cody. a little bit too much for me, but besides that, he was good to go. Oh boy. I mean, sure. Yeah. That was like it didn't even that didn't even register <laughs> on my radar. In any I don't other know book, how. that would be like the number one thing you ran. Oh my against. god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So he gets drunk at the bar where she's serving. This is where she has decided to yeah. wear a teeny tiny skirt and a, a cut off white shirt. shirt with a black bra. Black lace bra. Get mm-hmm. a girl. Cody's like, back me up here, Lucas. She looks like a whore. And he's like, I think you look really pretty. Yeah. Lucas. She's like, oh, tee hee uh-huh. Yeah. Even though, let's review, he tried to drown her 24 hours ago. <laughs> Not him. But a guy who looks so much like him. Uh, man, like his, actually, his hands, his actual <laughs> hands yeah. tried to drown her. All right. So All right. Um, he gets, as he gets like bolder throughout the night, he starts touching her and whispering questions in her ear and she loves it and she gets more comfortable with him. And then Sam shows up. Is the thing. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Sam shows up and um, like wraps herself around him like an anaconda and tries to dry hump him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cheyenne yells at her to get off him and Lucas is like I don't want this and then Gage comes forward to help him out and oof she gets him separated Sam is freaking out because she's angry at everyone yeah she feels rejected because suddenly Gage rejects her like she reaches for his dick and that's when Gage comes out and he's like get off of me whore right oh god which is crazy because he's the one who had well like it was really making out with sam last time so i don't know why yeah. he has a problem with it now but now he does anyway so then she takes him into a back room she then secludes herself with the personality she, that actually drowned her less than 24 hours ago this man this personality of this man tried to murder her she locks herself in a storage closet doesn't tell anyone where she's going nope locks herself in there with him 
And he's like, understandably, uh, she go- he goes, she should be afraid of me. I tried to drown her yesterday. Yeah, he's like, why isn't she afraid? But then he's also like, God, what a bitch she's afraid. Like, there's no, there's no continuity between being afraid and not afraid. <sighs> and then he's like, why are you doing this? And she's like, to protect Lucas. He doesn't need you making problems for him. And then he's like, huh, she wants to protect Lucas, huh? Mm-hmm. And then he puts his hand around her throat and squeezes <sighs> For a while. So here's what happens. He's got his hand around her throat. He's squeezing. Mm-hmm. She's having a hard time saying all these things, but she's doing it. So she's like, she tries to go back to the, why'd you protect me against Justin if you hate me so much? And he's like, mm-hmm. mistake. And she's like, liar. And he says, watch that mouth or I'll fuck it. Yep. And then he squeezes her throat. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Then she can't tell if he's going to kiss her or actually strangle her for real. And she starts passing out. There are black spots in front of her eyes. Uh-huh. She's not able to make coherent thoughts. And then he lets go. And uh-huh. then she thinks to herself, huh, this is the second time he's ap- had the opportunity to kill me. And he didn't. Huh. But he could have. That could have killed her for sure. Yeah. Seen it happen. Strangulation is not something to fuck around with. Yes. Uh, and like we learned last couple of episodes that it could have killed her two days later so mm-hmm. she really should have yeah. gone to the er after this bing boom bong should have gone to the er didn't yeah oh and then she calls him a coward and then her brother's like everything good in here and she's like yeah and then he's like well you better take this chucklehead home and yeah. she's like huh more alone time with gage well, gage Excellent. himself is like i'm not leaving you here with that crazy slut sam she causes trouble for you and that could blow back on lucas and i'm like what the hell does that even mean she no, causes trouble for cheyenne that doesn't make sense i have no idea what what he was i don't know where that came from but anyway but so she goes home we with get gage. a little peek into his brain and he's wondering to himself if she is in fact safe because she wants to protect lucas okay yeah so she drops him off. She continuously asks, why, 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 why did you save me from Dustin? Right. Why do you care about me? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, in his internal monologue, he's like, I don't even fucking know. And I want to be like, <laughs> I know because Dustin was smooching your property. I know. Yeah. I know exactly why. You must That's have not right. taken any like women's, you know, courses. You're what, like, this guy? Yeah, like, this guy yeah. hasn't taken any women's <laughs> studies classes. Yeah, but I'm just like you're clearly this is classic misogyny. You just think I she's mean, your actually, property. You'd think he would just to study the disease that is woman. <laughs> oh God, yeah. All right. So later on, she's in the office. She's talking to Trevor on the phone, and he walks into the office. Lucas does. Lucas walks in. Mm-hmm. She talks about her plans to move to Oregon and get a broadcasting job, and then hangs up on Trevor. And then they rehash the night before. Mm-hmm. He asks about Oregon. And she's like, that was the plan. And he's like, was? And she's like, until I met you. Yeah. And he's like, no. Yeah. But no. And then she's basically like, what I feel for you can't be tamed. And you make me feel like anything is possible, even my murder. and then he's like but gage hurt you and she's like but he didn't strangle me last night though and he had the opportunity so huzzah yeah we're making progress oh my god and then he's like okay but you need to promise me that if gage becomes too much you're gonna walk away Uh and she's like you too and he's like you don't understand you're impossible to walk Uh away from 
And then they go to the job site. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. So then they go to the job site. She sees yeah. what's spray painted on the job site. She realizes that's what Dustin called Lucas uh, when yeah. they were at the bar. So she goes and confronts Dustin at his office yeah. and is like, I know you vandalized the job site because you called him the R word when you were at the bar. And that's what was on the job site. And you're jealous because I'm fucking him and not you. And Dustin's like, the whole town thinks that about Lucas. Pretty much everybody right. calls him that behind his back because he seems like he has a mental handicap, basically. And then she's like, oh, I love Lucas. Like, I don't like that people think that about him. So that's so that then, three like, chapters. Yeah, and then she goes to, like, find out from the diner lady. Like, it's a weird thing. She, yeah, and she then, goes um, all around town to fi- to figure out if people think that about Lucas. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't understand. And then, and then she's like, hold on, everybody. Hold the phone. I have his personnel file. So I'm going to breach that yeah. boundary and yep. just do that. So Trevor calls while she's in the middle of looking into his personnel file. Mm-hmm. She says his last name out loud, which is Menzano. And he's oh. like, Buswa? Yeah. Just one more bing, boom, bong, do your fucking job with Aaron. Um, Trevor says that she might be able to get hired in L.A. because the last reporter that they hired got fired from her last network because she slashed the, tra- the tires of a pedophile during a court case. Yeah. Do your fucking job. Like, why right? would reporters slash tires of defendants? That makes no sense. No one hire that person. Yeah. The end. Because that's assault. That's yeah. another. And they act like it's a good thing. Like, what? they love vigilante justice out here. Like, what? Okay. Anyway. No. Continue. No. So she drops his name and he's like, oh, yeah, we learned about the Manzano massacre and calm ethics. Mm -hmm. And he tells her all about this thing that happened where they found this 14 year old boy covered in blood and he was convicted of killing his three siblings and his mother. He was not convicted. Oh, I'm sorry. He He was was not accused of went to trial. And then uh, Trevor but then he says, ended up in juvie. I think he was in juvie for something. Well, later on, they say that the jury found him not guilty. So I don't know if he was in juvie for a different reason or for some collateral crime to this, but he did not get convicted of murder. Sorry, you're right. Because he says, oh, he got he got off on a technicality. And I was like, what kind of technicality could you get off on? Like, what what could that possibly be when you're you're surrounded by the dead bodies? (laughs) That doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, they found him not guilty at the trial that was the technicality was that the jury did not believe he did it <laughs> so that's a strong technicality trevor it is quite yeah i'm like what, Bing, what boom, possible bong. like on order with fourth amendment violation could be <laughs> a crime scene where everybody's got bullets in them that doesn't make any yeah. sense anyway okay so um anyway but but then trevor is like hold on do you have somebody who you think is related to that situation and she's like never mind trevor's blah 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 blah, blah. see you later bye and <laughs> She looks up the case and it is, in fact, Lucas's mugshot. So then next chapter, Lucas's perspective. Cheyenne hasn't spoken to him in a week Mm -hmm. and uh, he's at the feed store trying to buy dog food. Dustin comes up, calls him all sorts of names, physically throws him out of the store Mm -hmm. and tells him to stay away from Cheyenne Mm -hmm. or else you crazy face, he basically says. And then he blacks out while driving home. So the next day, Cheyenne gets called to a job site and her dad sends her to get a quote for another carving with Lucas because Lucas is bad with people. 
So they end up in the same truck together. He's like, I understand. You don't have to explain yourself. Like, I'm bad for you and you know it now. So blah, blah, blah. True. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that's true. And and mm-hmm. he's being a good dude. Like, he hasn't left Payson, which he should have done. Yeah. However, he's he is at least- like, you don't need to explain yourself. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about this ever again. I will, I will accept the pain of not being with you because I know that I need to protect you more than that. Right. Then she's like, but I've missed you, Lucas. I This week that I haven't spoken to you must have been so confusing. He says that he's she's safer without him. She says, you're right. I'm safer without you. She chews her bottom lip and then huffs out of breath. But the thought of living without you is worse than my fears. I'm like, you guys don't really know each other. And half the time you spent with this guy, he's tried to murder you. And called you all sorts of terrible like, names. what has happened in your life that you could possibly be more afraid of than the two times this guy has tried to murder you? If there's yeah. scarier things that have happened to her, she does not mention them. No. So she says, I found out about your family, basically. <laughs> do you want to do? You, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do I yeah. want to read that? And then- no, no, no. Yeah, no. She's like, I know about the massacre. And by the end of the chapter, he's like, I think I killed them. Mm-hmm. Then they talk through it. He tells her that she doesn't remember that night because he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, it was Gage. But I still don't think you're responsible. He does. She doesn't believe that he killed his siblings. And he's like screaming at her mm-hmm. in her face as Lucas that he is, in fact, responsible, and how can you say that I am not, and blah, 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 and then Gage comes forward. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his inner monologue is fully intent on murdering her definitely this time. Yeah, I am... The the (laughs) chapter starts, when he switches to Gage, the first sentence is, this bitch is gonna die. (laughs) This bitch is gonna die. This bitch is gonna die right fucking now. <laughs> I rub circles in the tight muscles of my aching neck and lean back against the bed of Lucas's truck. Ugh. Hey, shy Anne, you couldn't just leave it alone, could you? <laughs> like, he, oh the god, fact that she keeps being like he's never actually hurt me. It's just okay, ridiculous. okay, and then and then it gets really, really weird, and it makes me it makes me extra uncomfortable for the rest of the time that we spend with him because he he actually grabs his bulging member mm-hmm. and says your fear is turning me on stop turning oh, yeah. me on with all your mm-hmm. fear killing you is going to be so much more fun for me now mm-hmm. it's not going to be as fun for you mm-hmm. which sounds like a rape threat to me then she kind of looks around like uh what can i you know how do i get away he says run and i'll catch you oh like, god ah! <laughs> okay so just then page 271 just bloom in love between these two just just <laughs> really everywhere really a lot of hot sexual tension and uh <sighs> love so then she gets a phone call and she answers and he's like oh this bitch is gonna call the tell the police. call the police no she doesn't because she's not smart she doesn't all he hears is her being like what happened is she okay oh my god i'll be right there and then this is I honestly don't know if this is a stroke of genius or not, because she just completely ignores the entire altercation they've had up until this point. And she's like, hey, listen, Gage, I know that you had something you wanted to discuss with me, but it really needs to wait. I need you to take me to the hospital because Mm -hmm. my best friend has been almost beaten to death. If you find that you are in a serial killer situation where (laughs) the serial killer has told you that your fear turns them on and makes your murder more afraid, I do think that it is a great tactic to then act unafraid move yes 
I don't know yes. that she's smart enough for that. But it does work. And I think it may work IRL. I don't, you know, there's been a few cases yeah. of that working IRL. Maybe. That was a, a great thing in Outlander when, mm-hmm. r- yeah, sorry, I won't go into it because we need to get our shit together. Yeah, I have a couple examples I'm not going to tell you about because this is going to yeah. be three hours long. Um, it okay. is. I'm not doing two episodes for this book, though. No, so but I'm, I'm I will not, not live through this book another week. I will no, not. I cannot I and I will not. It. And I want to read The Red so badly. Me too. Okay. All right. Here we go. We got to wrap this up. We do. So Sam's been beaten within a, the edge of her life. She's going to go to the hospital immediately to go see Sam. Sam yes. and her have had one kind of cordial coffee. No, no, no. They've only gotten drunk together. Oh, yeah. It was drinks. They only got plastered. Yeah. And it was kind of cordial, but also kind of tense. And then since yeah. then, they've been fighting over Lucas and Sam super pissed her. So I do not know yeah. why she's Sam's like emergency contact and she has to go yeah. rushing to the hospital for Sam because they have right. not made up at all. No. But yeah, she goes there. She's also been gone for five years. Yeah. Sam may or may not wake up from this really bad, really bad. Oh, she's talking to Dustin this whole time. Dustin's Mm -hmm. convinced that Lucas did it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, fair. Lucas would never do this. It makes no sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So then she's like, but Gage might have. So I'm going to go talk to him. Safety be damned. This is the now third time he has. uh, No, fourth or fifth time that he has either threatened or actually tried to kill me. (laughs) But you know what I should do? I should take him on an hour-long hike into the secluded forest, which is exactly what she does. She yeah. drives directly back to Gage's house, mm-hmm. goes up onto the porch, and she's like, oh, good. You are here. You haven't phased back to Lucas. Excellent. Come with me. Let's go on a walk. And he's like, "And he's like, great. I'm going to kill you on this walk. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, excellent. Let's do well, that then. We'll see if you're going to kill me or not. Like, We'll see yeah. what happens. She actually oh, says, God. like, most psychopaths don't actually threaten. They just do it. And he's like, great, give me all of your air. Yeah. I'm going to take it. (laughs) (laughs) I will find a mechanism to make sure you no longer breathe. Okay. All right. So she's running ahead of him in the uh, forest. It says, this is Gage's POV. I reach out and snag the back of her sweater, pulling hard. She stops, stumbles, and then slams back into my chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he swats her butt before this, and it actually was playful and cute. It was. I hated that I thought that. Yeah. My mm. arms wrap around her stomach in a vice grip as I brush my yeah. lips against her ear. Nice try. I'm breathing heavy and her entire body shivers against me. I will always win, Cheyenne. And then she starts rubbing up against oh, yeah, like a clownfish. She's just clownfishing in that anemone. Watch her jiggle. Yeah. And so, yeah. So he then presses her up against a tree and she arches her butt into his groin and I really hated that all of this was actually hot. And it I really didn't know what to do with was. myself. Yeah. Because it was sexy. And I hated the fact that I thought it was sexy. And I was really conflicted. Is, Melody, if you were there, you would not think it was sexy. You can disassociate when you're reading. That this is the same guy that, you know, several pages ago did the other thing. Because it's just words. Yeah. of It's just sex words. If you were actually there watching this, you would not find this sexy. This is Maybe, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so they're so up against says, this tree. What are you tree. doing to me? Yeah. And she and he then goes into an inner monologue that he, hold on, he needed to know the answer so bad he was willing to break her in half to get it. Yep. Uh, so then they do some hot making out, which is objectively hot. Yep. And he has his hand in her pants 
And then she's like, this isn't fair to Lucas. And he's like, yeah, you're into Luke, not me. Yes. Cool. Yes. And then they walk the rest of the way to visit her mom. She's taking him to the willow tree that her mom is buried under. Uh-huh. And she says that she wanted, he's like, why the fuck am I here? And she's like, I wanted to trust you with something important to me mm-hmm. because I want you to trust me as well. I've like only protected Lucas. I want you on my side. I want to be with you guys. And he's like, you guys. Both and of us? he's feeling really vulnerable. And then she asks if he hurts Sam. And he tells her a lot about his childhood abuse. And I really don't want to get into it if you would like to read the book you will find out all of the horrifying incredibly graphic terrible things that their mom did to torture them i just want i just want to say that whatever that you're imagining it's worse it's so much worse so if you can't and it's not stuff that doesn't happen every day in the world but it's worse than whatever you're imagining is in this romance novel yeah it's it's like it's Gillian Flynn shit. It's it's really, really bad. It's torture porn. It's really, really yeah. horrible. So mm-hmm. just know that and going in. And it's really awkward for me that it's sandwiched in between two hot sex scenes. I don't, yeah. I don't know what... It was really hard. There was a lot of emotional whiplash for me. Okay. So then uh, he's like, yeah, I killed my mom. And can you handle that truth? And she's like, yeah. I, that bitch deserved yeah. to die. Anyone would be able to handle that truth at that point. Yeah. And then she presses him to tell her the rest of the story of that night and he fades to black and collapses. Mm-hmm. So she's holding on to Lucas Gage, not knowing who's going to wake up. And she realizes in that moment that she loves him. Nope. Them. 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 She says, I love them. I love them. Yep. And then... There are some emotional and mental gymnastics that I highlighted, but frankly, I don't think we have time for. Right. And then Lucas wakes up. Yep. And, and she has sex with Lucas. They go back to Lucas's oh, yeah. house. They find a on. condom that Gage had. It's on. And it's good. It's really good. It, there's so much awesome ongoing consent. They like she there's so much like show me the kind of pleasure that you like. And she like shows him how to finger her and it's a lot of awesome, total awesome consent. Um, but then she tells him that Gage told him everything about their abuse and, and all that. And he's like, I don't want to know what happened that night. And then it and, and like he shouts at her mm-hmm. that she should drop it. And then before they like hike back to the cabin, I just had a really hard time because before they go back to the cabin to actually bone after he like shouts at her being like stay the fuck out of this mm-hmm. they apparently just have cute banter that is right. totally normal i i uh, i just didn't i didn't understand so then they do have the hot sex back mm-hmm. at the house and it's good afterwards she cries and she tells him that she loves him she also tells him that she loves gage that's right because when they have sex he's like i can't uh. figure out why gage isn't coming forward i've never been able to have sex before because he's losing mm-hmm. his virginity psychologically And he's like, I can't figure it out. And she's like, I have a theory. Gage, trust me now because I love both of you. I love Gage. And even Lucas is like, him? You love the guy who tried to drown you and strangle you? I mean, I guess Lucas is cool with it because it means they can bone. But he's a little bit like, that's rough. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, she says, 
He's stubborn and grumpy. And yeah, he's rough around the edges, but he's also protective. And Lucas says, he hurt you. And she says, he threatened me, but he has never hurt me. And that is not true. That is patently false. (laughs) So anyway, sorry, we can move on. But yeah. Okay. So then she goes back to the hospital to check on Sam. She talks to Dustin. She's comforting Dustin. Dustin has a moment where he tries to go in and smooch on her. Yeah. He gets her lips for a minute and she pushes him away and she hears tires squeal in the parking lot, but she doesn't know why. Or And then she sees Dustin like kind of smile and it's a whole thing. So she doesn't wake up for days and days. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes back to Lucas's house to talk to him about stuff. He's not answering his door. So she walks in to make sure he's okay. And he's fucking another lady who looks exactly like her as Gage. And Gage. of course, then Gage looks she's over and a gives slut like a leering. because she fucks, apparently. Oh, yeah. Because Cheyenne's all over how this girl is just some slut. And I'm like, you were literally on that same mattress doing the same sex to the same man in the last day. Yeah. And I think there is a moment where she comes around and she's like, I'm not actually mad at that girl. But I'm like, check your immediate reactions, mm-hmm. you terrible person. Then he looks at her. He's Gage. He's vigorously fucking this woman. He is thrusting away. And says, oh, hey, Cheyenne, don't be shy, Cheyenne. And like, is just taunting her while he's inside this other woman. So she leaves. Yeah. Okay, listen, guys. So when he was so annoying about his blackouts, I went on Goodreads and spoiled it for myself because I couldn't fucking take it anymore. I was on like page 100 and I was like, I'm over this blackouts. I want to know what's going on. (laughs) I went on Goodreads. A bunch of women on Goodreads were like, I was fine with this book until this point. Because what? Yeah. She's like a bunch of like more than five said, I don't need another woman in my hero's bed for a romance novel. This is what pissed a lot of people off on Goodreads. What? So I read Split Personalities and then I also read Apparently He Cheats on Her. And I was like, oh, maybe that'll piss me off too. And then I read more and I was like, that's what people are, <laughs> that's what people are mad about? Anyway, oh my I just need to do to know that. Okay. Moving on. Turns out Gage did that because he saw her smooching Justin in the parking lot and his idea was he was going to get balls deep in this lady and then he was going to morph back into Lucas and then uh, Lucas, Lucas would know. Lucas was going to be so overcome that, with guilt yeah. that he would tell her and it would be but over. it worked out even better because Cheyenne even saw it. So Gage is like, I am triumphant. But then Gage within the same terrible. chapter starts feeling terrible and then he realizes he's in love with Cheyenne. Why not? Okay, so Cheyenne's pretty upset about the whole Gage screwing another lady in front of her and taunting her while doing it. She goes over to her dad's house to, you know, get comforted. Oh, no, her dad actually calls her and says, you have a visitor here. Oh, yeah. And guess who it is, guys? It's Trevor. Trevor! Trevor's here to cover the Sam assault because it's probably the same serial killer that they were covering back in Flagstaff. The shadow. The shadow. So he tell, and he thinks it's Lucas because of her phone call. He looked into it and saw that Lucas was working for her dad and he came up there to do some crackerjack reporting. So he says, hey, Nash, did you know that you have hired? I think what he says is convicted felon. But again, that's not true. Not accurate. Yeah. So they get in a big fight because she's like, he's not like that. He didn't murder them. Yeah. And so then she's sitting there being like, "Ugh, I should go talk to Lucas because he needs to know that this guy, 
is gonna come <laughs> after him. So, sorry. He says, Trevor says, Google it, Mr. Jennings. Lucas Manzano is a mass murderer who was lucky to get off on a couple of technicalities. And I wrote, what are these technicalities? Right. <laughs> like, what is, how is that possible? Anyway. He also, like, he makes redneck jokes in front of her dad. Like, yeah. There's a lot of things that He's a lot. Yeah. He he strikes me as a person that actually doesn't have any social skills. Mm -hmm. So then he goes over to Lucas's house. Oh, you know what? This is a POV from Lucas. And this is where we learn of some of the worst stuff. This is part two of the worst stuff no, mom no. did. I can't. I'm yeah, not. I, no, mm -mm. but I know. I know. But I'm just saying it if people are preparing on, it, for when just, this happens in the book, it's here too. Yep. yep okay. Yep, yep. Yep. Oh, boy. So Trevor comes over and he's like, hey, I'm a friend of your ladies. And I forgot her name, Cheyenne. And she wants you to help me cover this thing. And I want to talk to you about the massacre. Mm -hmm. And Lucas is like, that doesn't track for me. Yep. And then Gage comes out. And basically, there's a big, huge altercation. And Lucas, oh, actually, he asks him to leave. Mm -hmm. Trevor refuses. It becomes an assault kind of situation on both sides. And then when Cheyenne shows up, Cheyenne and her dad show up at his house to be like, just FYI, this is going to happen. They find him duct taped to a chair inside. Yeah. Trevor is yeah. duct taped to a chair yeah. inside. Yeah. Gage is like, I'm Gage. And well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We're so tired, you guys. We're so tired. We're so tired. So then, so before she had told her dad about the uh, multiple personality disorder and her dad was like, huh, interesting. Okay, keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. And then he goes in and he's like, Gage, how are you? And Gage is like, you know my name? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And he's like kind of starstruck about it, which I actually thought was kind of cute. But then Trevor starts mouthing off about how yeah. her daughter was going to fuck him for any job he offered her and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, before this, actually, the reason that Gage goes off the handle is because he tells him that he's going to like marry her yeah. and Trevor says brood mare. I'm going to take her back to L.A. and marry her and keep her barefoot and pregnant as if she has no agency then, in this situation. Right. And then cheat on her all the time yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So he does a whole villain speech. So yeah. can we wrap this up? I feel like we can wrap this up pretty quick. We can wrap it up. So yeah. Lucas gets arrested in that moment, goes to jail. There's a lot of scenes of like her visiting Lucas in jail and then intermittently yeah. visiting Sam at the hospital. At some point in here, we find out that Dustin was, in fact, the person that vandalized the job site. Yeah, because Sam wakes up. Yeah. And Sam's like, he told me this. Sam also says that the man who assaulted her fits the description of Trevor and specifically yep. said, I am Lucas Manzano <laughs> before he started like punching her as if she yeah. doesn't live in this small town and know who Lucas right. Manzano, but whatever. Right. I honestly don't understand this mo villain's motivations, but... Here's what happened. I'll tell you the villain's motivation. It is thready to be nice. However, the, the motivation was, I need a good piece for my reel for LA. Sure. So I am going to make this shadow guy a thing again by beating the fuck out of a lady who knows Lucas Manzano, has hooked up with Lucas Manzano. Mm -hmm. I'm going to frame Lucas Manzano to then bring in the Manzano massacre into the story and hype it even more. And then I'm going to be the guy who broke the case and LA is going to love me because they love vigilante justice and reporters and insane shit. 
that doesn't make any sense. Yep. So that's what happened there. Then there's an epilogue. Anything else we need to clear up? Like any loose ends? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There is. There's a big one that we need to clear up. Okay. Because part of the denouement in this thing is that he says to her, I will get all the therapy you want me to get as long as we can be together. Mm -hmm. And then she says to him, no. (laughs) Mm. No, you should not. Because I love Love you just the way you are. Both of you. And I'm not at all afraid that if I do even one thing to slight Gage, he's going to Mm -hmm. think of me as a threat again and think I betrayed him and then murder me in my sleep. Yeah, and toward the end of of this thing, he starts referring to himself as we. Like, we love you, Cheyenne. Like, a lot of that. Uh Well, because then he starts being able to communicate with Gage. Very weird. All of a sudden. Oh, oh, also, we skipped over. He didn't kill his siblings. Mom killed the siblings. Sort of. Also, a a horror show. That's fine, Melody. I get it. So yep. also a horror show we shouldn't talk about, but he didn't kill but his the siblings. the only person he killed was his mom. Right. In self-defense. Sure. Yep. But also, at the end here, like, in the epilogue, Gage and Lucas are switching back and forth, and it's almost like hijinks. Oh. It's also like, whoa, that was just like Gage to, like, I don't know. It oh, was yeah. just weird, like, Wait, little Sorry, there's comedy. another moment. Yeah, the oh, she also sorry before uh, the end of this book, before the epilogue, even she makes sure to bone Gage to let him know. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that she's also super in love with him. They have some shower sex that mm-hmm. is also fairly hot. <laughs> yeah, so then, so then in the epilogue, she's pregnant, and her thing is they're both so protective of her that they have been switch. Like it used to be, she might see Gage once a week, but now they're switching back and forth like between hours of the day. Then she's at her job that her dad runs and gets a little frisky. She's six months pregnant. She's feeling that second trimester wave of sexy hormones, which I hear exist. Uh So he picks her up and he's about to take her out to the car. And everybody's like, I thought the honeymoon would be over by now. And she's like, we're going to go fuck now. Bye, dad. (laughs) And then he gets her into the car. He puts her in the car and he goes, we're going to share you this time. So weird, guys. (laughs) Because they're going to switch back and forth during one sexual encounter. And, like, I forget what it was, but, like, Lucas (laughs) made a comment while, like, he switches back to Lucas and he's like, man, that was so Gage right there. Am I right? Like, the thing that Gage did was so Gage. Like, like, what, murder? Like, I just can't. Well, no, and she does talk about the fact that he's gotten extra controlling now that she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and it's supposedly because of his protector vibe. They always do, guys. Bing, bong, bing. Domestic yeah. violence with Aaron. Pregnancy ups the stakes. <sighs> oh, yeah. As soon as you are carrying more of their property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Fuck. Well, this was a fun ride. So, <laughs> that was a thing we did. <laughs> do you have any lady loves? What? Do yes. you love yourself, Erin? Tell me how you love yourself. This book reminded me... <laughs> I don't know if this is Lady Love, but I... Wait, I, wait. Can I also just say real quick? Yeah. This was fascinating. This was a fascinating experience. Yeah. But you have to be able to read through. Mm. I, I feel like my tolerance level is so high for this stuff that I don't know what's... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't no, know. No, I hear you. But, like, you have to be able to read some real terrible stuff to read this book. Yes. And fall in love with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To find Gage hot, you have to really be tolerant Mm. of a lot of things. 
Some of this book reminded me, I felt like, this is my lady love, sort of, I don't know. I felt like she was one of the, this is that trope of like, I'm going to rescue a man and be the answer for a man. And it reminded me of that, I know it's super basic of me, but it reminded me of that Sarah Kay poem, The Type. Do you know the poem I'm talking about? It's a Sarah Kay poem, which I get, it's basic. But (laughs) I love this poem, it's called The Type, you can find it on YouTube. It's about being something to a man that isn't a woman like a man might reach for you but what he's really reaching for is an answer or another woman or a sandwich or something else and and doesn't recognize that you are actually a woman flesh and blood you're your own thing Mm. and i was thinking also about the line it's from a different sarah k poem but it's about smelling smoke and wanting to follow the smoke back to the fire to find the boy who set the fire to try to save him do you know that one i don't remember which one that's in but it reminded me of this because I just felt like this woman, Cheyenne, was just like obsessed erotically with the idea of saving this guy mm-hmm. and loved no qualities about him. Yeah, she just she just loved being the answer and she loved being the solution. Right. And yeah. that poem that's about that, The Type by Sarah Kay, is a great poem. And it sent me down a little rabbit hole of watching that on YouTube and several other spoken word poems. And yeah. it's a great lady love one if you want to watch that. I don't that. know if... If Sarah Kay is basic or if it's know. forensic basic. Maybe she's just forensics basic. I, I yeah. feel like there's... Sarah Kay is an excellent in poet. The world she's of poetry, a poet. Yeah, in the world of poetry, saying that you super unironically love Sarah Kay because she's so lovable is is like unironically loving pumpkin spice lattes. Like, it's right, become right, right. A, a thing that is like, <laughs> well, everybody fucking loves her. That doesn't make you deep. But I, yeah, everyone totally. does love her. So it's okay, yeah. too. I forgot to write a lady love down earlier <laughs> and and i don't know if i'm in any kind of headspace to not reading this book is a lady love one. probably <sighs> i just i just am not super okay i mean i'm fine <laughs> yeah you know what i mean um okay uh-huh. uh you can uh, find us <laughs> on the internet <laughs> are we gonna be in a better headspace after the red people let us know because it may be just as traumatic i'm not sure because a lot of people have been like it is not a romance novel you guys to include the author so we'll see what happens (laughs) whatevs i'm so excited to see tiffany rice do her thing yeah like in not a harlequin blaze setting this really is her thing i think so Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Okay. You can find us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms, on Twitter at Heaving underscore Bosoms. We're doing some fun video share shit that uh, is actually more work than you would think it is. I would love (laughs) it if you would enjoy them. (laughs) You can find us on Facebook, uh, Heaving Bosoms Podcast. We also have this fucking kick ass punk rock amazing community that is a closed group and that is the heaving bosoms podcast geriatric friendship cult bitches yep and then uh, you can also find us on our website which is www.heavingbosomspodcast.com and our email oh my god i found emails that were marked as red, but I had never seen from goddamn February. I don't know and how I it am happened. So sorry, everyone. These weren't ones that I read either. I don't know. Yeah, both. Neither of us are remembering reading these emails. I could be in a fugue state. I don't know, but I am getting through them. I did a, I did an inbox cleanup. We actually do love your emails if mm-hmm. we fucking see them. Yeah, so sorry. please keep emailing, even if you think we're dicks. Mm-hmm. I am trying not to be. That is heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, keep being a badass. 
and love yourself as much as you love you know what Navajo tacos yeah are delicious so <laughs> love yourself as much as you love fry bread which is just fried bread and everyone loves it and that's something we can all agree about this book that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right excellent all right i will chat to you soon okay bye now <laughs> bye hey you yes listener you are you loving the show If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.